Guess what time it is, boys and girls? That's right. It's time for another one of Attack of the Killer Podcast's great unwrapping episodes. On this episode of, you guessed it, Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Hey everybody, Insane Mike here, your host of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Welcome to episode, shoot, I didn't write down the episode number. Jason, episode 205. And we are doing another unwrapping episode. Now, if you're new to the show, or maybe you missed the last unwrapping episode, what that is, is, you know, we're all collectors of of a lot of stuff, but uh, primarily movies. And there are times where, you know, we'll buy a movie, and for some reason or another, we will, uh, not, it'll sit on the shelf forever, still in its plastic, never watched. Um, I may have one or two. Oh, yeah, right. Wait, what? Yeah, I think you're the worst of all of us. Probably. Well, my thing is, I, I go to, like, pawn shops and secondhand stores, and I just, like, grab anything. And everything. Uh-huh. So, that's part of the problem. You're not alone. Yeah. Uh, um, so, that's what we're doing. Uh, we all pick. We all picked a movie out of our collection that we personally haven't seen, and then we've, we all watched all four films, and we're going to discuss. Um, but, again, if this is your first time listening to the <coughs> show, welcome. Where the hell have you been? Maybe you discovered us through... Uh, our podcast network called the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. And what that is, it's our very own network that we created ourselves where we host, oh, Jason, what are we up to now? 20. 20 different shows on the network from all shapes and sizes and colors and, and, and stuff like that. It's a really cool network, a lot of great shows. Um, you can check out all the shows at thepfpn.com. I'll, I'll give you a moment to write that down. One more time, that's thepfpn.com. And again, listening to us for the first time, what we are is we are a horror movie podcast where a group of friends, we get together and we discuss our common bond, which is horror films. We pick a topic, like this one being uh, the unwrapping, uh, and we talk about films within the topic. And so we talk freely because we're all just friends here, uh, as if we're just kind of sitting around hanging out. So there is going to be spoilers forewarn you. You've been warned. <clears throat> if you like this show and you wanna you wanna just you wanna be a part of it. It it just it burns in your soul that that <laughs> you're not a part of this group. Well, you can, in some regards, by being what we call an attacker. How do you do that? I'll tell you. Go to Patreon. Check us out. Check out our different tiers on Patreon. You know, at AOTKP. And you can become an attacker by being a supporter of the show. And you're like, oh, 
that's just a silly way of, of getting us to give money by making us feel like we belong to a group. That's not true, because when you are a Patreon supporter, you do belong to this group. We'll, sh we'll give you a shout-out on the show. You know, you, you can um, recommend commentaries for us to do. Not just recommend, you could tell us literally. You get an option of picking a movie for us to do a commentary episode of. How about that? Uh, you also get extra content. Like extra bonus episodes, um, special videos, all kinds of cool stuff. And, this is, and that stuff is just for you, the Patreon supporters. So it's like when you get that bonus episode, it's as if we're just hanging out with you and we're talking directly to you. See? One of us. One of us. One, one of us. us. And you become one of us by, again, going to Patreon, AOTKP, -A find your tier that best suits you, and be a supporter today. It's so easy, and man, we really, really appreciate it. It helps so much. It really does. Mm. Mm hmm And that's not all. What? That's right. We also um, have a new uh, segment for the, uh, the tiers of the Patreon. And that is a new show we call Killer Critiques. It's a video show where each different attacker will eight attack one single film. <laughs> nice. <laughs> discussing, um, you know, discussing the film. It could be one of their favorites. It could be one that they hate. Doing I've a got, deep dive. Yeah, doing a deep dive on, on a particular title. I've done a couple already that are a lot of fun. And that is even more content we're giving you by being a Patreon supporter. So, I would be remiss if I didn't mention our sponsor, Shudder! Shudder. Shudder is the <laughs> Netflix for horror. Um, if you have not signed up yet, you need to. You need to be a subscriber to Shudder. You need the service. If you're a horror fan at all, and I'm assuming you are, if you're listening to this show, you need to uh, sign up for Shudder. That's it. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> no, wait! Great. I have something else to say! What, wait, were you going to say something? I thought somebody started to say something. Um, you can get a month of Shudder for free on us. So if you're still not there yet, you're still like, man, I don't know. Well, you can get a month for free on us. When you go to sign up for Shudder, just put in the promo code AOTKP and you get a month for free on us. So there you go. What is stopping you now? Jeez. Okay. So, with that said, probably getting tired of hearing me talk, so it's time to introduce you to <gasps> the podcast crew. I did not write any um, intros for this uh, for this episode, so <laughs> that good, everybody. Hey, <laughs> like Fonzie. Hey. hey! Up next, everybody's favorite killer podcast member, whose first name is Andy. Andy, everybody! A, which is the first letter of my name. <laughs> and lastly, he puts the Jason and Jason. Jason, everybody! Hey! <laughs> I have one of those in my name. Guy 
did the best intros ever. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, we all have A's in our name. That's cool. So, oh, I'm going to turn it over to Tad. Tad? All right, we're going to get to everyone's favorite segment, What We Watched, where we uh, talk about what we've watched since the last time we were all together recording. All right, um, I have a feeling, since it's been a while, that these are going to be a little um, long, and we've all been stuck in our houses. So, um, (laughs) yeah, let's just get right into it. Jason, go ahead. (laughs) Well, uh, first thing I wanted to say... Um, before I start, just to make this even longer, I just wanted to take a second. I know we touched on it in our last bonus episode, but I just wanted to say again um, how grateful I am for you guys and how grateful I am for the podcast listeners out there um, in this crazy, crazy world right now. Um, this podcast is one of the few things that isn't really affected by it, and I get to keep doing it and keep looking forward to it, and um, it's it's really nice having um, a shining spot in this craziness. So I just wanted to say that first. Oh gosh, I promised I wouldn't do. Okay, uh, first I uh, I'm trying to get caught up on all my A24s, taking a while. And there's a lot of them. I checked out um, High Life. I really. I like that. It's um, this guy named Robert Pattinson. He's pretty cool. Oh, Twilight. Gross. No, come on. He's like really good. He's a really. I know. I fucking love him, and I hate when people do that shit. So. So thanks for keeping <laughs> that going. <clears throat> but no, it's cool. It's like it's a it's a cool movie because it's basically him and a baby, his baby. Or kind of the last ones left alive on the spaceship. Wow. And, I mean, there's flashbacks and stories of how it got to this point and how that works out. But um, it's uh, really neat. It's great. Of course, it's A24, so the cinematography was outstanding. And he, of course, was really great, too. I liked it a lot. Um, I got to see the Impractical Jokers, the movie. Me, Me too. Me three. Yeah, okay, just three. But uh, it was really good. I freaking love those guys. Oh, me too. I'm pretty sure my son was embarrassed by me because I yeah. would not stop laughing. Like, literally. I can't even look at those guys and not laugh at them. They could be doing nothing. Yeah. They could be giving a eulogy and I would be cracking up. Yeah, especially Joe. But yes. Especially Joe. He's my fa- favorite. Favorite <laughs> Impractical Joker time? Mine's Joe. Oh, boy. I lean towards Q. But Joe good. is... Tad, what about you? That's a tough one. Um, it sort of depends, depends on, on uh, my mood. Like, obviously, Joe's the most fearless and uh, yeah. crazy, and the most like he can keep the straight face or everything. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like the one I relate to most is Q. Um, but Sal, Sal's probably my favorite just because uh, he suffers so much. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. he's not—he's not at all a good sport about any of it. He hates every fucking challenge. He's not good at it, um, nope. and so they torture him for it, and it's hilarious. <laughs> yep. He. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Tina. That and I... bit with Joe in, in the caves was probably the best bit. Oh yeah. Oh, between that and Sal with the tiger in his room. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just Joe in the cave was definitely the best part, but like <clears throat> I think it was just the crowd wasn't in the cave, just couldn't comprehend how funny it was. I don't know. It was funny for me. Right. So good. Well, and then to make this relevant to our show. <laughs> oh. Right, Tad. Did you see the the sweet ass cameo? Kane yeah, Kane Hodder is in there. Well, he he's been on like all the Joker's cruises. Did you know that? I figured as much because so has um, Adam Green. Adam, Adam Green. Green, yeah, and you know they're all buddies. So I'd assume. And Q is in what, Victor, um, Crowley. Victor Crowley. So yeah, what a strange little like small world connection, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. it's great though. Absolutely, totally. I will say, like, the wraparound I didn't like that much. Like, I just, oh. we don't don't even need a wraparound for me. Just just give me this, like, an hour and a half of really Yes, funny. but, yeah. like, I really liked it. Like well, Every time they every time they they knock on um, Mer's so room and whatever's going on inside, I thought it was hilarious. I mean, it's the one thing you would want if you said, give me a, a movie of these guys, you want it to be a road movie. And it was, and it was so great. And the Paul Abdul shit was so hilarious to me. And I'm still not convinced that that home footage, video footage, wasn't real. Of them crashing the concert at the beginning? Uh, yeah, because it looked really good in its badness. I don't know. I, I did I did laugh a lot when, um, was it, Sal was like, when they were picking, up, picking them all up in the car and Sal told his dad, like, I'm going to go, and there's probably going to be, like, drinking. His dad's like, yes, please leave. He's like, and there, there might be marijuana. And he's like, yes, go, now, leave. That was pretty damn funny. Sal's dad's awesome. Yep. Big fan of the show. It's constantly on at Tina's. It's we. It was a perfect date night movie, for sure. <laughs> uh, then I saw Guns Akimbo. Fucking awesome. Yeah, me too. Was, so good. I think I talked about it on the last one, though, so I don't need to input. Yeah, you did. So just refer to that episode. No, it was... It's cr- what I, I think of it. Yeah. I, I loved it, of course, because I like everything, but... And I'm not... I don't usually sign up for just straight action films, but it's Daniel Radcliffe playing this part, and uh, it was it was damn good. Great style. Uh, yeah, like, nobody... Like, I watched it with... Uh, Nikki and Adam, and neither of them um, recognized Samara Weaving. I still like, can't it, see her yeah. face in the character. At, yeah, we were like three fourths of the way through the movie, and I'm like, "You guys know who that is, right?" And they're like, yeah. uh, "Is that D from Sunny?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> she had shaved eyebrows, and it just like you took off her eyebrows, and she looked completely different. Yeah, still, still very gorgeous, obviously, but uh, only when she a, talked could I kind of yeah. see it. She. She fucking rules, dude. Like yeah. she's the 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 best right now. Anything that I've seen her in, I've liked. Yes, you know, between Ash Ash versus Evil Dead and Ready or Not, and uh, even Mayhem. She was in, Mayhem. Y- yes, of course that. Yes. And she was in a, sh- a show on Showtime called Smilf. And <laughs> what? I'm, I'm so saying for the name of the show. Yeah, what's uh, single single mom? Single moms. I'd like to, I'd, oh. I'd like to feather. Smilf. Got it. <laughs> uh huh. Yes, it was great, and she was great, and the movie's great. Check it out. Next, I also saw um, I, I, I since the last time I got to marathon the Outsider on HBO. 
Holy fuck, it's great. It's based on Stephen King. It's it starts uh, very. Uh, it's got Ben Mendelsohn. Y'all will know him if you saw him, but he's amazing. Um, it's kind of just a cop, policey type, dark ass drama. Jason Bateman's in it and directs some of it. Oh, nice. Yep, and and then it starts turning supernatural, and it's but it's so based and driven in reality and. Um, it's I can't recommend it enough. It's 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 outstanding. It's on HBO. Um, I watched uh, the Art of Self Defense. Uh, I have that on my list. I really want to watch it. It's so great. That's what I've heard. Oh man, I mean it's. Well, yeah, it's like just one of those comedies that are so dry, the driest of dry. And weird. It's not. It doesn't go as far as what's your favorite one with the Greasy Strangler. It doesn't go that <laughs> far, but it's it's closer more, to that than any normal comedy. More just towards Napoleon Dynamite, maybe. Maybe it's just oh, it's it's fantastic. And it's really good. And I'm, it's on Hulu, I believe. Yeah, it's on Hulu, and like I'm a huge fan of Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, Yep. I, yeah. People either love him or hate him. I love that guy. I, he's another one where I feel like anything I watch with him is pretty damn good. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, I, Social Network. I can't. I can watch that every week if I. I just, yes. Oh my god! I love that movie. Anyway. Yeah. I, well, and that's what he's so good. Ugh. I have a feeling like. I have a feeling like people who maybe are Jesse Eisenberg haters is because they've watched. Social network. My, yeah. well, my second favorite is Adventureland, probably. Right. I, I could watch Great. that movie. Every I cannot week too. get into Adventureland. Oh, I love I it. Go back it to like it. a week ago. Maybe I should because it's been a while. It and gets I think, better and better for me. I think the last time I did watch it, it was like before I knew and could really appreciate who Jesse Eisenberg is. But oh, I love it. Okay, and then uh, sometimes we just leave the TV on and it and. Uh, We'll wake up to something playing, and uh, I totally had no idea about this. In fact, I thought it was just some TV show when it started, but it, but it was on like TBS or something. So I was confused. But then it, but uh, it's from 2014. I guess it's just a comedy, but it's called Let's Be Cops. Oh yeah, has anybody that... seen that? Because I no. fucking laughed my ass off. God, who's in that? I don't um, Rob Riggle, Jake Johnson's the main guy, Damon Wayans yeah, I know, Jr. I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking about, because Jake Johnson is hilarious. Oh my gosh, he was so funny. Yeah, just some dumb little comedy, and it's, uh, it's I just, I, I, I know it's not horror, but I laughed so hard through the whole thing, I definitely want to say it. I watched from 1960, Dinosaurus. No, yep. you did? Totally. Well, hold on. With riff tracks. You know it. Damn it. <laughs> so good. Not. <laughs> um, then I was, uh, because uh, of one of the movies on the list today, uh, was talked about because of... Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. 
So, mm-hmm. so then I kind of went on a unintentionally at first, but as soon as I saw her in these couple movies, I ended up watching them just because she was great in that movie that we're going to talk about later. But I watched Gemini Man. She was outstanding in it. It's Will Smith. It was um, oh, it was yeah. great. It was a, better a, than a I young thought. and old Will Smith. Yeah, yeah as you say, that's, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, it was one. again. It was just kind of a straight action film. It wasn't as futuristic as I thought it would be, which was good. It it was. I don't know. The story was better. the The lessons and stuff were better than I thought it was going to be. Because I don't have high hopes for just straight action movies, but it was good, and she was awesome in it. Um, and so then I also we also watched Birds of Prey last night, and she's in that. She's in that too as the huntress, and she's hilarious in it. Um, yeah, she's badass. Yeah, uh, superheroes wear jeans. Movie got it. There's no costumes. I boycott that movie. Huh. I'm letting my inner comic book geek out on this one. On that one? Too bad. Cause well, it's if it makes you feel really any funny. better, she's probably, nobody knows what happened to her when she was wearing that costume in uh, Death, uh, Death Proof. That was never tied up. Mm-hmm. Was the cheerleading outfit? Ah. Yeah, and the cheerleading outfit. Then they, they never went back to her. They left her with that hillbilly that you know had the, the Dodge Challenger. Yeah. You know. And he got like you know, and he got into his like you know his rapey, <laughs> you know, just sort of yeah, and, yeah. And then lastly, um, <laughs> uh, I can't, I can't stress enough. I know Taz already talked about it, but this movie was incredible. All, every minute of it, The Invisible Man. Tina and I watched it yesterday, and I haven't seen her. Uh, gripped with fear and tension for two hours as I did. I mean, just, you know, it's... The opening fucking uh, five minutes, holy shit, Oh, man. my God. All, I mean, <laughs> yes, and then it just wow. keeps going because there's so much, like, uh, not... Is he there? Is he not there? You know, the way Lee Winnell crafts the scares around the absence of things as much as things being there is... Uh, it's amazing. That guy's range just continues to impress me. You know, he can do the way, I mean, he wrote Saw, and then he goes and does something like Cooties and Upgrade and stuff like that. I mean, just the way, he's just, he's all all across the board. He's just really good writer in just any kind of genre, I think. Yeah. Agreed. The movie was an amazing. It was so freaking amazing. And the score, holy shit, I forgot I was going to come home and get that. I had quite the, my ears had quite the boner for that. <laughs> Ear yep. boners. Yep, and that's, those are the things I've been watching. Well, that's not too bad. That was a good list. and you know. Oh, and then we all, and I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no. Um, Andy, what did you watch? Well, I'll try to go as as quick as I can. Um, uh, TV-wise, I've been watching uh, Westworld and Hunters. Uh, watch uh, watch both those. Those are really good shows. Have you guys heard about Hunters? Yeah. Heard of it, yeah. It looks really good. <clears throat> yep. I yes. I haven't pulled the band-aid so off far it's, So far, it's, it's really good. Basically, it takes place in New York 
1977, and it's a group of uh, former Holocaust survivors and um, other people that don't like Nazis, and they're realizing that, of course, they don't like Nazis, um, but they realize that uh, a lot of Nazis are secretly fled to the United States and they're hunting them down and they expose them, you know, for the real pieces of shit that they are. Really good show. I suggest you guys check it out on Amazon Prime. Um, Westworld, I would assume, you know, a lot of people know what that's about because it's already on season three. I won't get too into that. But against my better judgment, I listened to Tad and I watched VFW <laughs> and Guns Akimbo. And I'm so glad that I didn't listen to myself because those are awesome freaking films. <laughs> Dude, VFW, remind, like, I was like, Andy's going to love this. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. I mean, I liked it. I loved Guns Akimbo. And then I watched VFW, and I'm just like, holy shit. This is, guys, I'm going to tell you this right now. It's probably already going to be in my top 10. That's how bold of a <laughs> statement I'm making here, like towards the end of the year. Um, it's got every bit of the griminess of Hobo with a shotgun with a fucking assault on Precinct 13 kind of theme to it, with old. N nasty, crabby-ass, you know, veterans that just literally take no shit. Um, l love that movie. Absolutely love that movie. Um, I checked out an A24 movie. Uh, thought it was... I mean, it was well done. I just thought it was a little bland. Um, it's called It Comes at Night, and it's about uh, uh, this... Uh, sort of this plaguey sort of uh, future where these people are living out in the woods and it just, it was well done, but it just really moved slow and it's just, it's got basically people with like trust issues and stuff like that. It's got uh, Joel, Joel Edgerton is in it, which we will talk about later in this episode. And it, it, it was okay. Uh, once, once is enough for me. Um, I agree with that one. I, I liked Aww. it, but yeah, definitely not going to go back to it. Yeah. Um, this, I have a little bit older film, uh, done by, uh, Christopher Coppola and it's called, uh, Deadfall and it's got Nicolas Cage at his Nicolas Cageiest. <laughs> Whoa, wow. Um, just, you talk about him chewing s scenery and just acting freaking weird watch uh deadfall and it's just about uh him being involved with like other uh con artists he's like a secondary character but yeah just his dialogue in this and just him going absolutely nuts uh let's see we got uh peter fonda is in it um charlie sheen plays like a billiard hustler in it with like this really long pinky nail it's it's just a weird fucking movie um sounds like a david lynch movie uh, it 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 kind of draws from that a little bit, but it's uh, it's 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 all about uh, it's like this long con game, and it's I don't want to give too much away, but it's not a really great movie per se, but it's worth one watch just to watch Nicolas Cage go completely apeshit. It's 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 hilarious, and sometimes the trouble is I didn't have like uh. Uh, subtitles on this, and you almost need them for Nicolas Cage in this, because 
you can only really understand him when he's like yelling and going crazy. Other times he talks like in such like this weird like you know just I mean he's like he sounds like Stallone drunk I guess I don't know. Um, but yeah, weird weird movie. Um, another one I've been wanting to see for a long time, and it's a really uh, old school uh, grindhouse movie. It's from Sweden. It's called Thriller, a cruel picture with uh, Christina Lindbergh. And I got the synapse yeah. one. You got is that and, the is that the porn one? Uh yeah. This there's parts of this that is like literally hardcore pornography. While I'm watching, I'm like, whoa, okay, wasn't expecting that. Um, but you could tell it's, it's all you could tell it's all inserted in the film. See, the story behind it is they made the movie, and then like the the financiers or whatever you know decided they wanted to go hardcore with it so like all those like porn scenes are extreme close up and you know yeah. it's you know it's not any of the any of the actual actors in the movie it's just like inserted like porn shots that's twice she said inserted yeah. Nah. yeah yeah but it's about this uh this deaf girl that basically gets trapped into um uh, basically, this guy gets her addicted to heroin, and then basically, you know, uh, basically sex traffics her, you know, and yeah, the only way she gets her fix is basically, you know, she basically goes to work. But during that time, she saves, you know, what little bit of money she has to like get gun training, and basically end up getting her revenge on this this nasty pimp that got her, you know hooked on drugs, and I guess that's what what made, like, you know, uh, some of, like, the sex scenes more tolerable. She wasn't, like, begging for her life, you know, because I, normally I get, like, really squeamish around that sort of stuff. I don't, I don't really like that, but this was actually pretty tolerable, and she, she gets her, you know, revenge pretty, you know, pretty well. So, I mean, this actually predates I Spit on Your Grave, and of course um, it predates, you know, I, I think a lot out of the rape revenge uh, films, but uh, I, I really liked it. I thought it was really, I thought it was really good. Uh, but yeah, thriller, a cruel picture. Uh, it's also uh, known for uh, under a different name. Uh, they call her One Eye because, like, there's a close up of where this pimp and it's like full tilt, Fulci man. I mean, because like at first she's like resisting all this stuff like she scratches one of the johns in the face and he basically takes an exacto knife and carves her eyeball out i mean and it's like in Ouch. real close real close up like uh fulci style because he likes gouging people's eyes out all the time anyway um but you know she can't scream you know because she's deaf you know she can't even talk so but yeah, thriller. I I would. It's worth it's worth a watch. I mean, I'll, I'll probably watch it again. Because um, yeah, it's a it's a good movie. Not for the hardcore porn, but okay, maybe that too. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, thriller. A cruel picture. I also watched um, a Lucky McKee film. It's called May. Have you guys oh, heard of this? love it! Love so May. Much. Yeah, I I just watched it for the first time. Uh, yeah, I. I Anna Ferris and Jeremy Sisto. Uh, I, I was actually really pleasantly surprised by this movie. It's a it's a bit of a slow burn, but I mean it's just like this chick is like 
she she must have been like the character of May must have been like so sheltered because she just she gets like super super creepy but but at the same time you have like this weird sense of empathy for her you feel sorry for her because you know she's not trying to be weird she just she just is um well that slow burn is all worth it for the end there yeah yeah oh my and, god fuck yeah yeah and uh, James, James Duvall's character in this is so damn weird. I mean, and he's actually yeah. kind of, he's hilarious too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would, I would check out, uh, I definitely recommend May. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I may, I may wait like a couple of years to watch it again. Just, uh, you know, just to kind of let it, you know, go away from my mind. I mean, it's something that I, I wouldn't want to watch right away again, but. It was pretty good. Um, that that scene where she, you know, she takes the doll to the to the blind kids, and the case gets broken, oh and those kids God. are those blind kids are feeling around on the ground over the, all the broken glass. Ah, oh, um, freaks me out every time. Yeah, it's it's definitely cringeworthy. Um, another another one. This is uh, I've had this. Let's see, here's the weird thing. I know we're doing like. Uh, and unwrapping like a lot of these that I'm like, were mostly unwrappings anyway, what I'm doing right now. Um, the last one that I want to talk about is a movie called the shallows. Have you guys seen that Mm-mm. with Blake, Blake lively? Oh, it's just, Oh yeah. 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 No, I've seen yeah. that. Yeah. I thought it was singular. Is it plural? Yeah. The okay. shallows plural. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah, um, that movie's awesome. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's really really good. Uh, I had, you know, it was one of those movies that I couldn't call. I was just like, okay, how's she going to outwit yeah. this this shark? And the the kill scene of the shark, I was just like, oh wow. I yeah, I don't know how buoys work or any of that shit. <laughs> um, you know, I'm pretty landlocked, you know, for, for the most part. But uh, yeah, this this movie was was really really good i mean it it was kind of like um for the for the most part i thought it kept reminding me this is basically dual on water you know the the shark is the semi and you know you uh blake lively is you know the dennis weaver character and uh yeah i really really liked it i thought it was really well done and uh just uh you know, granted, it's it's a lot of uh, CGI, but that that was done really well too. But the minimal, you know, minimum cast and uh, you know, just a little bit of backstory to you know give it a little bit more uh, you know drama, I guess. You know, instead of just her fighting against the shark, and you know, the the co-star was like a bird, which <laughs> yeah, that that that, that works too. <laughs> You know, um, but I'm sure you ha- you felt uh, some of the same vibes from Open Water that you know you hate, just yeah, that stranded yeah. and well, well no help. I, Open Water, you know, bugged me more because it was just so much more out in the open. It was just so it was so much more dreadful, you know, uh, yeah. and. You know, at least this way, you know, she saw the light at the end of the tunnel, but getting, you know, to the end of the tunnel was going to be very, very, you know, peril filled. 
but it, 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 in open water, you just you, this this complete nothingness. That that's what really bugs me about mm-hmm. that movie. But uh, yeah, The Shallows is uh, really really good, and I recommend that. And that is all I got, gentlemen. All Watch right, that's up you. <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah, I definitely agree with that one. I I figured you would like it. I'm glad that people are actually watching it, and uh, I think everybody I've said I've recommended it to has come back with the same sort of like, "Holy shit, that was awesome!" So, um, Mike, what did you watch? I actually have a list too. Whoa! Good. All right, I know. Well, I won't spend too much time on it because we already did. Uh, but I saw the Impractical Jokers movie. Um, it's probably the newest thing I've seen. Uh, a lot of older stuff I've watched lately. Uh, watched the movie Spiders from 2000, from the year 2000. Saw that for the hmm. first time. Um, I'm going to guess Brandy made you on all the ones that don't sound like <laughs> something you would. Well, it does. Uh, uh, it does star Lana uh, Perella, uh, who's from Once Upon a Time. She's a huge fan of that and a huge fan of Lana Perella. So. So yeah, we we watched Spiders. Um, For the year 2000, uh, the CGI wasn't terrible. I mean, by today's standards, it's pretty bad. But I thought it was pretty good for the year 2000. And shockingly enough, like, you know, I I feel like it's one of those just like sci-fi channel movies. But all the practical effects were done by K&B. So it was like all the practical spider stuff looked really cool. Um... And also, since I'm in the in that world of insect movies, I uh, watched Ticks again for the first time in forever. Ticks is awesome. You can't go wrong with like Clint Howard, and um, you can always go wrong with Clint you can Howard. Never go Clint wrong. Clint Howard means you're going wrong. Oh my god! Sorry. Really? Just, just <laughs> okay, yeah. Because Apollo 13 is a horrible movie. No, that's good. Do not cause... talk that way about Mr. Baggy Bridges. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Ron Howard is why Apollo 13's good. Oh, I see. Oh. Um, now you made me forget. Oh, uh, what was I talking about? Ticks. Yeah, Seth Green, um, um, Amy Dolan's, um, uh, 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 an awesome. Um, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, the other half of Booze and Buddies. That's not Tom Hanks. Um, anybody? No. All right. He's awesome. And then, of course, Carlton from Fresh Prince, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, completely wrongly cast as a uh, as a hood. So that's really cool too. Um, and of course, that has some really awesome effects. And you know, it's just a fun movie. Saw Friday Thirteenth Part Three D on the big screen. Oh, lucky! Yeah, in three D. Oh shit! Some little some little town somewhere, some little theater somewhere. One of the last um, theater experiences of the yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. Um, I watched Dr. Detroit for the first time in forever. Because my girlfriend Brandy has it on DVD and I'm jealous. So she let me borrow it. That's twice now you said for the first time again. So which is forever. it? Forever. Again, since forever. In a long time. Yeah, duh. But then it's not the first time. Alright, I'm done with my list. I have oh. more, but... No! I'm what bad. else? No. Um, watched a movie called Cookout, or Cook Off, sorry, Cook Off. Um, 
which is a comedy. It's in the vein of like the Christopher Guest movies, where it's like a mockumentary, and it's about the, these uh, very socially awkward people um, doing a cook-off comp- local cook-off competition. And it's really funny. It's got an, an awesome cast in it. Um, uh, like uh, Dietrich Bader's in it. It's got uh, some of the guys from Reno 911. Um, and, of course, my my favorite appearance in the movie had to have been probably a uh, toss-up between Gavin um, McLeod, the, the uh, ship captain from The Love Boat, and uh, Margie Post, who was on Night Court. It was a really mm. funny movie made in 2007, but it, apparently it was shelved till 2017. Oh, it's also got uh, Melissa McCarthy in it. She's really funny in it. Um, but, yeah. Uh, that was way, way better than I expected it to be. Really funny. Um, watched uh, a movie. Not really a movie. Kind of more of like a short, maybe, I guess you could say. Uh, called The Evil Clergyman. Have you guys heard of this? Nope. It is a lost... Um, uh, Barbara Crampton, Jeffrey Combs film. It was originally m- m- made for Full Moon for an anthology film that never got completed, and they uncovered the footage here a couple years ago and remastered it and released it as its own thing, but it's still only like a half an hour long. Um, and it's it's not bad. It's pretty good. It kind of reminded me a little bit, if you ever seen the Stuart Gordon's episode from season one of Masters of Horror, um, what was the name? Like the old witch house or whatever the name of that one was. Kind of reminded me of that a little bit. But, you know, it wasn't bad. And it was cool getting to see them two so young again and something that I've never seen before. So, um, But that's my list. That's what I watched. Excellent. Um, I guess I'll just go through my list real quick. I don't have a whole lot, actually. Um, I also saw Impractical Jokers, the movie. Um, I won't talk much about the movie, but my theater-going experience was interesting. We had one guy who sat up in the first, very first row who was very, very big Jokers fan, probably the biggest Jokers fan, because he was yelling at them as if they could hear him <laughs> and uh, was cheering them on. And it sort of made it, like, for the first time, Someone talking during a movie it made it better. Like it was, I was like laughing at this guy. He's like, "Don't do it, Joe. What are you doing? What are you guys doing?" <laughs> and I mean, he was, I was, he was in the front row, and I was a very opposite. I could not be further from him in the theater, and I could hear him clear as day. And it sort of just made it even better. Um, also, I was sitting in the top back row, and it was a packed theater. And um, someone I know walked in. And looks up, sees me. He's in, he's sitting down towards the front. He sees me and he goes, uh, "Hey everybody, Tad Good in the house." <laughs> and sits down. And a guy like four seats down from me starts laughing hysterically. And he's like, "I'm going to enter every room like that and just announce that I'm in the room." What an asshole! And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh great, he's going to go tell people that Tad Good walked into the theater and announced he was in the theater." <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that was a fun experience. I miss going to theaters already. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I watched The Hunt on uh, the night before we saw Friday the 13th. I saw that in theaters. That was sort of my last uh, 
theater experience outside of the Capitol. I thought that was fantastic. Has anyone seen that yet? Not yet. Not yet. Because it's it's on demand, or you can watch it now online. Like they put it out. So, um, I freaking loved it. I think it's awesome. Um, I won't talk too much about it because it's so new, and uh, there's just really no reason for me to sort of spoil things. But um, if you've seen the trailers, I will say this: um, when it originally came out. I thought, or the original trailers came out, you know, several months ago. They're promoting it almost, man, it hasn't been a year yet, but it was quite a while ago. And then there was several mass shootings and um, a lot of uh, presidential stuff going on. So the Trump and Trump uh, did not like the trailers because it, the trailers portrayed um, some like, liberal sort of hunting conservatives he got upset about it so they delayed the release then you know they picked the worst fucking weekend ever to actually put it out because you know then everyone went into lockdown and no one got to see it so smart of them to sort of release it online now it's a new thing we're we're experiencing now because every no theaters are open but um i will not i will say that it is not as controversial as they are promoting it now I mean, it got pushed back, and a lot of people were upset about it, but those people didn't see it. So I th- it's a lot more funny than it is, uh, like, controversial. It's actually pretty damn funny. So I will say that. It's more of a comedy, I would say, in a satire than an actual horror movie. But I highly, I highly recommend it. You guys will like it. Um, and then I saw Friday 13th Part 3 in 3D. I'm glad we got to do that right before everything went to hell. Um, I would have been bummed if that got canceled. So, Me too. Got, got to see you for a little bit, and you yeah. and Brandy. and Yeah, it was sort of my last two raw before the theater closes until May. Mm. And then uh, afterwards, Blake was not ready to go home, so we came back over to my place, and I put on Shudder and did my favorite thing and just picked one of the three channels. And... Bloody Birthday had just started. Nice. Trevor and Blake had never seen it. I'm like, oh, you guys never seen this? And they're like, no. I'm like, oh, we're watching this then. They're like, I thought we were going to watch Friday the 13th. I'm like, no, dude, you guys got to watch this. (laughs) And uh, they were just just blown away by it. You know, I was like, yeah, I told you guys. It's awesome. So Bloody Birthday again. And then they left. And I turned on uh, Turner Classic Movies at like 4 a.m. And Spider Baby was on. So I was about ready to go to bed and Spider Baby pops up. And I'm like, hey, I haven't seen this in a couple of years. I love that movie. So threw that on. Um, Watched the interview, which I hadn't seen since it's an an initial release, which was another one that sort of got delayed. I don't know if you guys remember all the controversy behind that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean. That sort of made it, you know, made the movie what it was, but I, I still enjoyed the hell out of that one. Um, and, yeah, I uh, that's all I've really watched. I've watched a lot of series. I started the, what is it, the, the King of Tigers or the Tiger King on Netflix, the documentary series. Uh, have you guys watched any of that yet? Nope. nope. No, what is it? The, oh, my God, it's fucking insane. Um, this white trash dude in florida owns like hundreds of tigers and uh cheetahs and wild cats and the basic premise of this documentary they follow him around and realize that there's this animal activist that's basically trying to shut him down 
so they start following her around and realizing she has a crazy story too where um her husband disappeared and people suspect that she may have he was a millionaire may have murdered him and fed him to her tigers and then it gets down this really deep hole of these people who own exotic animals and there's these guys this guy has like five wives and he collects exotic animals and it just goes down this rabbit hole and it never ends these two people are constantly suing each other um constantly trying to ruin each other's lives it's just you you could not write a crazier story i'm only four episodes in and i'm just there's no when, when it first starts you're sort of like oh this this guy they call him exotic joe and he's the the lead main character not even a character, the main guy that they're following, but um, you sort of think off the bat he's the crazy one that he's collecting all these animals and he's has this blonde mullet and he, all these piercings and always carries guns. You're like, man, this guy's a lunatic. And then you start to find the story behind the people going after him and you're like, oh, everybody's fucking crazy. So, uh, yeah, just insane series. Um, I watched on fxx on hulu there's a new series called dave that i really enjoyed i've caught up on it i didn't realize that it was one of the shows that i think it might air on fxx so i have to wait till thursday for a new episode but i binged all the and caught up on it and now i'm sad because i have to wait but um it follows it's sort of like louis and seinfeld and um Atlanta and all these shows that follow a fit sort of a fictionalized or, or like a, an exaggerated version of a real person. And it's this Jewish guy who goes by the name of little Dicky. He, he wants to be a rapper and uh, it follows him trying to him trying to sort of become famous, a famous rapper. And it's very, very funny. So yeah, that's what I've watched. Nice. Very cool. All right. Well, Let's t- it's time now for us to get into the topic at hand and the movies that have been sitting on our shelves that we haven't watched before, and now we're making you watch them um, with this episode. So, Andy, why don't you go first? What what was the movie that's been sitting on your shelf forever that we uh, that you finally watched? Well, the the movie that I had was a Roger Corman Classics from New Concord, and it is called Humanoids from the Deep. They're coming. Humanoids from the Deep. A tidal wave of rampaging creatures surges from the dark and violent sea to conquer the earth. Maybe intelligent enough to perceive man as a competitor. Why the girls? It's my theory that these creatures are driven to mate with man now in order to further develop their incredible evolution. It's enough to scare the hell out of me. Soon the world will awake to a terrifying riptide of humanoids from the deep. We think we know where these things come from, but we have no idea how many there are. The Earth plunges into a battle for the survival of the fittest, where man is the endangered species. 
and woman the ultimate prize. Anywhere you run, any place you hide, any time you stop, they will find you. McClure and Terkel, Vic Morrow. Humanoids from the deep. Now, I just want to uh, read the back of this DVD because, mainly because I think it's hilarious because I can instantly hear the the, the deep voice guy that did all like those, you know the promos to make you want to watch it, you know, like the bumpers, you know, it's like he had that deep voice. Something horrendous is happening in the sleepy fishing village of Noyo. An aquaculture experiment has gone very wrong. And the results fish like humanoids are rising from the sea to spawn their vengeance. Now, um, that's, that's pretty much what, what it's about, but, um, it's, the story goes, it's a coast, coastal town of Noyo, and they're about to, uh, uh, it's a fishing community, and they're about to get a cannery, and they're bringing in more jobs, and some, uh, a native guy uh, by the name of Johnny and some of his friends, they want to reclaim the land because they don't want the cannery coming in. So there's a lot of going back and forth between, you know, uh, the townspeople and the local fishermen and, you know, this tri- this tribesmen and dogs are ending up getting killed and they're going back and forth because each one's, you know, uh, thinking th- they're trying to get revenge on one another and they're trying to, you know, uh, stir up, you know, a bunch of crap in the community and, you know, trying to drive these, these cannery people away. But at the same time, uh, there are these creatures that eventually come out and they begin to, uh, well, kill the men and they, <laughs> I don't know how, any other way to put this. They start getting super rapey with the local women. And, uh, as it, as it turns out, um, uh, what's her name? Susan, not Susan Boyle, because she was on The Voice or whatever. <laughs> uh, Susan uh, Drake. Drake. Drake, yeah. She works. She's a she. She works with the cannery, and she wants to. Uh, I believe she's injecting uh, this thing, this experimental drug called DNA five into the salmon, but it turns out these prehistoric fish are actually feeding on the DNA-infused salmon, which and then uh, made them humanoid. And in order to be more like humans, they need to procreate, and that's what they are doing with the local women. Uh, uh, wow. Uh, not not a, not a thinking man's uh, horror movie. Um, you just kind of... You, you, <laughs> You just really kind of, you really got to suspend your disbelief because uh, the costuming is is crazy, but it's it's really campy shit. But you know what? Um, it 
you know, if you just go with it and 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 have a little fun, I mean, it is Roger just, Foreman. Just go with it. Yeah. Um, I will say this: some of the uh, the kills to you know the humanoids and uh, like just beating the crap out of them with like you know two by fours and shooting them. The the bloodletting is is really good in this movie. Um, There's quite a bit of gore, yeah. Uh huh. Um, this I gotta say that the scene of the movie for me is when the townspeople at this and this anniversary were like. The, the town anniversary, like I believe it's called, I wrote it down, 75th annual Noyo Salmon Festival. Um, the the humanoids bum rush this thing and start attacking all the townspeople, and you know, you know, start ripping off bikinis of of women. It's just actually crazy. And um, there's like this little baby humanoid. I mean, it was like it was like really really small, but I mean, I guess if the they can't have babies with each other. This must have been like a small person uh, humanoid. And these guys just bum rush this this little humanoid, and they just beat it to death with fucking two by fours. It's hilarious. I mean, this thing was only like stood up to their knees, and there's like five or six guys with like boards and bats just beat the piss out of this thing. Um, the yeah, it's just basically they're defending. Uh, they're just defending their uh, their town from these weird uh, sea creatures that are, you know, killing the men, killing the dogs, and well, you know, getting really rapey with their women. And uh, yeah, I don't really. There's not really much more to say except the uh, the uh, the humanoids. Uh, uh, I guess costumes were pretty damn hokey, uh, even though I got a kick out of them. And the the guy broadcasting, you know, what was going on over the radio was kind of hilarious too. It kind of makes me want a K fish visor. Uh, yeah, I I don't have much to say about this. Um, if you take it for what it is, it's it's good for a laugh. Um, yeah, made in made in 1980, and what I, what I what I the other thing that I found interesting about this film was that it was uh, after all, like you know, the uh, the sexual assault of women, all this nice. It was actually uh, directed by a woman named Barbara Peters. But yeah, uh, what what did you guys think? Yeah, it was directed by Barbara Peters, um, although she was not happy when Roger Corman um, went back and filmed more more um, nudity and violence for the film. So Barbara Peters' original film, original, the stuff that she shot, wasn't um, as graphic as the movie turned out to be, and I think she was, she was pretty pissed uh, when she found that out, so... <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, I've always loved this movie. Always been a big fan of it from way back in the day of renting it on VHS. Uh, you know, this is a total like if you look up the word grindhouse movie in the dictionary, it's probably got a picture of humanoids in the deep on it. Um, you know, so it is. It is rather exploitive. Uh, you know, I <clears throat> for the longest time that's why I was a big fan of ventriloquism when I was a kid because I thought that's if you were really good at ventriloquism, you can get girls to take their clothes off. Um, 
Well, Dad, she she did look good. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> and uh, um, you know, and it's got that whole like '70s like environmental message to the horror film, like um, chemicals getting spilled into the in, you know, in the water mm. kind of thing, which I've always been a fan of that that whole that whole like nature gone wild aspect of the of 70s films um yeah and plus corman kind of has like that he still always has that atomic age sort of flair you know like beast with a thousand eyes there's like radioactive stuff spilled into the water and blah 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 sorry continue (laughs) (laughs) that's all right um i believe if i remember right like rob botine um created the the monster suits and I like to design a lot of the monsters. I, I, I get it; they're a little, they're a little um, stiff. And the parts that yeah. really, I think, ruin the costume are those extended arms. Uh, you know, anytime you do something like that, it, it doesn't. It, it it comes off as, oh yeah, this is totally a, a guy in a costume. So I kind of felt like you know that was unnecessary. But the overall design of them, I like when you see like the back of the head. It kind of has like you know, a brain look to it and, you know, and yeah. uh, kind of like one of those monster fish faces with like sharp teeth and whatnot. And apparently they, only, I think they only had like, Oh, I forget how many, they didn't have very many of the suits, like full bodied suits, I think two or three or something like that. So in that scene, when they're just attacking the whole, the whole town at the carnival thing or whatever, um, you know, that's just a lot of really very clever editing to make it look like there's more mayhem going on than there actually is. Uh, there was some that they had maybe like half suits for, so you know they're only shooting the creature from the waist up, um, which I think would be hilarious to be on set and see in this you know plant monster wearing jeans or not plant monster, the sea monster wearing jeans or whatever. Um, or not wearing jeans. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Porky Porky Pig in it. You know, just <laughs> nothing below. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, I, it's probably comes off a lot more gross by today's today's standards with uh, the, the rapey fish men. Um, but uh, I, st- I still think it's a lot of fun. And, and I would have to say, like, whatever you think of this movie, I think the big payoff is that final shot, that final scene in the movie that... That you didn't bring the up. alien birth, yeah, the the birthing scene. Well, yeah, I didn't, didn't want to. I want people to to watch it. You know, it's just I didn't want to give that away. But sure, I mean, sure, sure. Um, the uh, if if you're a TNA kind of guy, uh, uh, this 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 movie will, will will not disappoint you. Um, it's um, yeah. There's a that the the. the there's a truck wreck that I just think is absolutely hysterical. Uh, it's, it's one of those things. It's like when you watch these old movies, it's just like, if somebody has like a fender bender, like, you know, bumps like into like uh, a telephone pole, like backs into it, like instantaneously, the truck is going to explode. It, it's just one of those, it's just one of those kind of kinds of things. It's just, it's, it's almost, it's, it's really kind of silly. I think, um, every everything must explode. Everything has to have, have like this big grandiose uh, flair to it, I suppose. Uh, 
God, there's there's more. Uh, uh, some of the some of the the injuries that the townspeople get are are really good too. You know, you're you're seeing like rib cages and uh, you know. Uh, you know, people, people, uh, like the guy that got his face torn off, like when you first see the creature, that was that the scene at the beach. You talking about that one? Yeah, Jerry's uh, yeah. gets his face torn off. Yeah, and, I love that shot. You know, I mean, obviously, yeah, where half of his face is gone when the monster slashes at his face. Uh, when you know, when he's fighting underwater, um, with yeah. the monster in five foot, five feet of water, but the woman can't tell what's going on. Yeah. Um, the the one thing that I was just like when when they're you know they're looking for these uh, potential you know monsters or whatever, and they're all out in the boat, and then they get on to like you know the raft and uh, like you know these things are like so mysterious and nobody nobody can find them, and that they they go up to like you know the beach near like where the caves are, and they're you know the monsters are just like chilling on the beach, just like sunbathing, you know, like okay, <laughs> here, here we are, you know, we were here the whole time. <laughs> All right, whatever. Uh, but yeah, uh, I I don't have much much more to say. I mean, if you take it for what it is. Uh, you you should have fun. It's uh, it's kind of it's a to me it's like a, it's a midnight movie. I mean it's it's it, it's a Roger Corman movie, even though you know it's Roger Corman didn't do much on it, but it's uh, it's one of those, you know, just a just a midnight movie. I mean you can almost see like uh, Elvira hosting this. Yeah, I this was a first time watch for me, and also an unwrapping for me. Um, I've had this. I, I won a collection of these Roger Corman presents Blu-rays a long time ago, and I was happy when you said this one, just so I could have an excuse. You know, that knocks another one off my list, and uh, it was pretty much what I expected out of it. It was a little more, um, ex- like a little more rapey than I thought it would be. I'm sorry we keep using that word, but um, definitely has that. And I, it's one of those ones where you're watching and you hope you hope that the wife doesn't come in during a few of the scenes. Um, but it's it still has that Roger Corman hokey sort of uh, you know B movie feel to it, but not so not really bad. Like not even I wouldn't even like you said probably an Elvira movie, but not quite a mystery science theater movie. Yeah somewhere in between but it's definitely something i would you know i'll throw in every once in a while it's not 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 my favorite of his movies definitely not um something i would have bought but the fact that i won the dvd or blu-ray actually uh, uh, and got to finally unwrap it and watch it is great awesome yeah i watched it with tina so the uh <laughs> try to use a different word the sexual assault stuff was a lot, and also the Native American stuff. Yeah, yeah, we didn't so, touch base on uh, that, where it gets a bit, uh, yeah. So all that kind of wasn't great. I mean, the, the good stuff's good, but there's a lot of not good stuff in it. I always, always I thought it, I've seen it before, I, it feels way more like a 50s, 60s movie than a movie that came out in 1980 well even the score the score doesn't really Feels. seem to fit with like the 80s violence and sex that's in the movie you know what i mean 
It feels more like a class, more classic, uh, monster movie score. Definitely. So it's a weird one for that. Definitely, yeah, falls in more of the Atomic Age vibe of movie, but but it wasn't. Yep, humanoids, <laughs> monsters, monsters from the deep. Otherwise known as Monster. Oh, is that the alternate title? Yeah. Nice. Nice. I, I like the title the title as it is, though. Those goofy-ass titles, the shit I love. Yeah, Rapey Merman must have been already taken. Yep. <laughs> but I want to go back to that scene that I was joking about with the the couple in the tent. Um, yeah. <laughs> with, the, with the ventriloquist dummy. Did you guys notice the shot where, like, where the uh, the creature gets into the tent and is attacking the guy, and and the and the ventriloquist dummy's eyes open, move? What's that? So rip rips his shoulder open, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. That looked good. I... It cuts back to a close up of the dummy, and the dummy's eyes shift. Nobody, <laughs> nobody's working the dummy. He just shifts his eyes on his own. Now I'm like, that's kind of a, it's almost like an airplane style humor moment there, you know, with a movie that that is trying to have some levity to it amongst all of the, uh, all of you know, all the sex and violence. But, um, but that one's just way out of place. Doesn't even make sense. And I love it for it. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I thought. It's a, it's definitely a scene that really stands out in the in the movie. But I think they, when when they had the girl run out of the tent all all naked and stuff. I mean, I think it, it it really looked like a different girl to me than the one that was actually in the tent for the close ups. Mm. I mean, it, it just did to me like her size and stature just looked different. I mean, I could be wrong, but <laughs> I'm not gonna compl- I'm not gonna complain that that's you know You're more that's too naked. Right. That's two naked chicks, and other than one. So I mean, what am I talking about? <laughs> Sorry, I'm a pig. <laughs> All but right, I gotta lay up, but I got one. But I got, I got, I got a wife to love me. So I guess I'm pretty lucky. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I think she loves me. Now she's listening in the other room. All right, I'm shutting up now. <laughs> they did a, a remake of this in '96, and it was part of like I a that. yeah, it, it was a part of a package. Of, I think it was for HBO of Roger Corman films that were remade, and all of, all of them sucked. All of the these nine these like remakes from like '95, '96 that were made for HBO are terrible. And Humanoids is really bad because. Um, for for that version, uh, they just reused all of the footage from the original movie. Just filmed new actors and then just used all the uh, all the original humanoid footage. Weird. I was just say, I don't think they were making Olympia beer in '96. They bought they bought a whole fucking truckload of that shit in that movie. <laughs> yeah, how'd they do that scene? I mean, that's I mean that's. Definitely a Roger Corman move. If you ever go back and if you ever watch um, Not of This Earth with uh, uh, done uh, directed by Jim Wynorski, which is a remake of an old an old mm. 
Tracy 50s. Lords, right? Yeah, Tracy Lords is in it. Um, but almost like 80 percent of that movie is just footage used from other Roger Corman movies. Well, um, when I was reading his documentary, uh, anytime in when uh, when Corman went to color with uh, Fall of the House of Usher, uh, they when they were burning the house down, right? Um, they had close up footage of, you know, this, this big wall of, of fire and it's, and it's falling down. Well, they basically shot footage of a guy burning down a barn, you know, and it's all, and it's all close up stuff that they he said, I use that close up of that wall, you know, falling and burning in like half a dozen movies. <laughs> you, you will see that image at least five or six times. You know, you'll see it like in, I don't know if you'll see it in Pit and Pendulum, but you'll definitely see it in House of Usher because that's what it was originally used for. But he is, I think I used it in more than one of my Poe films and probably, I don't know, maybe Conqueror Worm. Did he do Conqueror Worm? Yes, I think so. Well, he, he might have used it in that too, but he's like that. There's a big wall of fire that you will see, like reused constantly. It well, he did that a lot. He did that all the time when um, Peter Bonvanovich's uh, first movie, uh, Targets, with Boris Karloff, which is a great freaking movie. Um, mm. Like uh, uh, Roger Corman told Peter, he's like you can you can make whatever you want." But you have to put Barlow's call off in the movie because we have a contract for to have him for X amount of days. We finished this other film that he was working on, and he still owes me two days. So you have two days with Boris Karloff, and you have to use recycled footage from um, um, from one of the from one of the Poe films. I forget which one. And so, and uh, Peter did an ingenious thing where, like, the Poe footage is actually. Uh, a movie within the movie instead of instead of forcing it into the story he just puts it as a movie within the movie because um, it's at a drive-in right the end scene but it starts off with that po footage at the beginning um as they're watching it through an editing machine because um because the movie's about boris karloff who's this soon-to-be-retired old horror movie actor um uh, you know, uh, juxtaposed. Documentary? <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. But it's um, his storyline is juxtaposed with uh, this storyline of like this guy going around sniping people off of uh, from building tops and stuff. So, nice. it's a really cool flick. Um, and, you know, again, just ingenious of Peter to uh, you know, take what he was told to do and do something completely outside of the box. But, uh, Hollywood Boulevard, Joe Dante's first movie, also was the same thing. Like they, they used so much footage from other other films to to make that movie look way more expensive than it actually was. Now, did uh, Scorsese probably have to do the same thing with Boxcar Bertha? I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen Boxcar Bertha, but probably. Well, so, because so- I mean, I only. I only ask that because I mean all those guys kind of got their start working for Corman anyway. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. most definitely. All right. Well, I think uh, we've strayed so far from humanoids, so it must be it must mean it's <laughs> yeah, time to sorry. move on. 
<laughs> Jason, what what movie did you unwrap this for this episode? The movie that I unwrapped was from 1992, way back when movies were awesome. <laughs> travel travel with us, will you? We back go back. And we I unwrapped Stuart Gordon's <gasps> Fortress. stories below ground halfway to hell and no way out what they give you 31 years you are about to enter the fortress a privately owned maximum security prison operated by the mentel corporation john brunnick the most decorated captain in the history of the black beret prisoner 95763 step forward to be intestinated you have nothing you are nothing. We will monitor your behavior. I don't think you realize your predicament. You have nowhere to hide. We will control your thoughts. The law is clear. We must maintain the population balance. We will invade your dreams. This is an unauthorized thought process. So touchy. Disobedience will not be tolerated. It's been in there for three days, and no one has ever lasted four. You will be enhanced and reprogrammed to be a more efficient human being. When my kind are in the majority, there will be no more overpopulation. A high-tech prison. Who started the incident? Built to withstand anything. Let's find out. Except an innocent man. We go tomorrow morning. Activate the strike clone. Christopher Lambert. Fortress, where the punishment is the ultimate crime. Going out won't be fun. Oh, but it's gonna be a trip. When a couple break the population law in a fascist future U.S., they find themselves imprisoned in a maximum security jail, a fortress. As an extra security measure, inmates are implanted with a device which explodes if they escape, but despite the odds stacked against them, the couple decide they must attempt the impossible and escape. Yeah. Hadn't seen this one. All I want to really say is... I, Mike, I wish you'd have chimed in sooner that this wasn't a horror movie so we didn't have to actually watch it. <laughs> I'm sorry, fellas. I didn't... Oh, that's a stinker. I, I don't know. I, don't, I think, I think this, uh, this topic is good for that kind of thing. Like... I don't know. I mean, I know we were a horror podcast, but this is horror adjacent. It, well, I thought so. That's what. Yeah, I I call this more horror adjacent than another one we're going to talk about later. <laughs> but um, right, Stuart Gordon. Yeah, Stuart Gordon. It's got some gore in it, and it's got some Jeffrey, Jeffrey Cole. It's definitely so. it's definitely sci-fi. Tom Towles, which is almost like horror's, you know, stepbrother. Yeah, that's, uh, yep. I didn't like it so much. Huh. That's right. That's, I, that's, that's a, 
that surprises me. Um, yeah, for the guy who likes everything. Oh, I couldn't. <laughs> st- well, I'm trying to be nice. It was a turd. Wow. It was a turd and a half. I hate bad sci-fi, and this was just seemed awful. It was just there was just so much endless awful. Okay, now I'll just stop. Is this is this one of those? Because I know you're a fan of smart people movies, where like people in movies do smart things, and this this movie tries to be a smart person movie with its, but with its really bad non science, <laughs> illogical science. I love Kurtwood Smith. Uh, he's awesome. Yeah, he's great. I love Jeffrey Combs. His character is awesome and my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah, he steals the movie. Yeah. Um, but if I never see a Christopher Lambert movie again, uh, it won't be. You're not a, a fan of the Christopher no. Lambert, huh? No. God. The man who, it's anytime terrible. he speaks, sounds like he's being overdubbed. And you still can't understand what he's saying? What's the... Come on, Stuart Gordon. What the hell? Did you lose a bet? Did you have to... <laughs> what? So maybe someone else should talk well, about this movie. I, maybe I, maybe I've, I liked it because I went in... I like saw the cover, and it's from my like least favorite, like I don't know, time period of movies in general. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, like the early 90s just were not nope. <laughs> for me, a lot of them. And then... Uh, being a sci-fi and i saw the cover and i'd never heard of it and i didn't know um any of the cast i didn't know who directed it. i knew nothing about it and i'm like i'm gonna have to watch this anyway so i might as well just dive in (laughs) think thinking it was just gonna be complete garbage straight to video shit from my childhood and uh i did not hate it because of that i had my expectations buried so fucking deep (laughs) that uh i was like well Uh. this is actually like when i when uh the, some of the credits are popping up. I'm like, all right, I like all these people. And, you know, just some of the cast and crew, I mean, just so many, you know, Tom Towles and, but when Jeffrey Combs pops up with that hair and those glasses, I like, yeah. made, I was like, yes, I'm so, so <laughs> now. And I just enjoyed it from that point on. Like I sort of, like I said, I expected so little, that when I watched it, and I, I think towards the end, my it sort of lost some of my interest. But right when it kicked off, I was like, I was all about it. I was yeah. enjoying the hell out of it. It's, it. It knows that it's not good. Didn't I? Don't think it took itself too seriously. Uh, yeah, I think as it as it went along, it got. Are you sure that they worse. didn't try really hard to make a good sci-fi movie? Because I don't know. I don't know. I think they did. I mean, that's. Why I think it's bad. I don't know. I'm sorry. I I feel so bad because like really really crappy early 90s sci-fi is a guilty pleasure for me for some odd reason. Um it's it's I I I'm taking this movie for what it is. I mean it's it's not it's not great, you know. It's it's not total recall by any means. The first one. Um, but, uh, it's, I have like, like I said, it's a guilty pleasure for me because I love movies like, uh, well, Stuart Gordon did the, did robot jocks. He did, uh, arena. Well, no, he didn't do arena, no. but arena is a really good one. Um, you know, and I'm a, well, I'm a thing. Of- you're naming full moon movies right there. 
And this is not a full moon picture, but I have a feeling Jason thinks it's a full moon picture. <laughs> it's lumped in. It can totally easily come off as a full moon picture. But, like, st- stupid shit, like Cyborg Cop and stuff like that. Like, wh- why did I like them? I-, I don't know. I mean, I probably didn't have anything better to do when I was 12 or 13. So, you know, I said I'll just sit down and watch this. And I guess, yeah, they they kept me company, you know. Um, I, I've, well, put it this way. I've, I've definitely seen worse. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hate it. Um, I'm not really in love with it, but, uh, I, there's other, uh, cheesy, uh, early nineties sci-fi that I like better. I'll just say that, but, uh, points definitely for, uh, Tom Tallis, I hope hopefully I'm saying that guy's right name right. Rest in peace. Um, points for Clifton. Uh, well, Gonzalez Gonzalez when he was named by this name. Now going by Clifton Collins. Um, points for uh, Vernon Wells. You know, you always got to give points for Wes. Um, Kurtwood Smith and. I don't think I recognized any other faces in this. Um, oh, yeah, and, of course, Raiden, Christopher Lambert. Well, I must be... It, it's. I'm going to assume, then, this is probably a nostalgia piece for me, because I like this movie. And, you know... and But I remember watching it back then. And I could swear... That I saw this in the theater. I'm probably wrong, but I could have sworn I've seen this in the theater. Every time I watch this, I'm like, I think I remember seeing this in the theater. So I don't, but I don't know if that's true or not. Um, Do you really think this got a theatrical release? Uh, some places it did. It uh, if it money. played in Iowa, I, that stands to be, um, you know, seen. But um, I'm assuming it, it had some theatrical run. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I could have sworn I did. But anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, I know there's a lot of cheesiness to it. Uh, I think it's... To me, it always stands out amongst a lot of that bad sci-fi from the nine, from the early 90s. For me, it kind of was one that rises for the top. And, I am, and I'm definitely one that's critical of, of sci-fi. Uh, I guess maybe I just like the whole, you know prison film at you know prison film genre aspect of it maybe i don't know i I mean i recognize that there's some some uh you know bad stuff with this movie like christopher lambert yeah i'm not the biggest fan either i used to be way in the highlander back in the day and i don't even know if i could maybe tolerate even watching that anymore just because he is not he's not a good actor i'm sorry but uh but for me also his character He's not a good guy. <laughs> I mean, he only has one thing he gives a shit about, and that's that's his wife. And so much so that in the third act, when everybody's trying to work together to break out of the prison, like he like they all basically just end up sacrificing fa- sacrificing themselves only for this woman that they've never met. All these other people, all these other inmates, are getting killed off one by one throughout the third act. For for a woman, they they 
they never met before because that's his only goal. And it, it really dawned on me when when um, when D Day, played by Jeffrey Combs, is like hacking <laughs> the computer there at the end, and the and the the prison guards or whatever you want to call them break in and shoot him down, and Christopher Lambert lands out a big no. You know, and it just dawned on me in that moment. He's like, he's not upset that D D Day get, <laughs> is getting killed. He's upset because D Day can't finish hacking the computer to free his wife from you know. So Christopher Lambert's not a good guy, and like nobody else gets out of this movie alive except for him and his wife. Um, even there at the very end, when it when the one other guy does get away from with them, and then. Lo and behold, you know, they're still not completely free. So, yeah, and there's definitely a lot of, like, fun um, magic science in this movie. There's, like, no way you could take a magnet and force those, like, <laughs> explosive devices out of your out of the body by going from, from the stomach up through the esophagus and the, out the mouth. No, it would by rip, using a magnet. It would rip through them. Oh, yeah. It would rip the hell out of their insides. There's no way. There's no way. So, I love the fact that this movie takes place in 2017, by the way. Yeah, I forgot this was a period piece. Uh, it takes <laughs> place in the past. Um, yeah, but yeah, and so it, it's probably, for me, it is probably a nostalgia piece and just based on who's involved. You know, it's a Stuart Gordon picture. You know, it's got, <clears throat> it's got Cookward Smith in it. Um, you know, and I'm the biggest Robocop fan on the planet. Um it's got Jeffrey Combs, got Tom Towles, who, to me, both of those guys, it's their movie, as far as I'm concerned. Like, Tom Towles is just awesome as that as this dirt by, a dirtbag prisoner. He's just, he, was, he was a great character actor in general, dude. Oh. I mean, just... Oh, yeah. Gone too soon. He just always played assholes and was oh. unapologetic oh, yeah. for it. It's great. The, the thing is, it's just like, it, it took me the longest time to put together... Because his characters were so different, I didn't realize that they were the, that it was they were played by the same guy. But I couldn't put together that he was the sheriff in House of a Thousand Corpses, and he was also Cooper in the Night of the Living Dead Savini's yeah. Night of the <laughs> Living Dead remake. Yep, and I was just like. I know they're similar, but I was just like, to me, they just were, he was such a good character actor. To me, they, 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 they were just two different people. Mm, I was just like, they, nice. there's no way they could be the same guy. And I was just like, wow, he's, he's actually, that's, he's so good, dude. That, he, that's when I was convinced he was he is. a really, really good actor. He is. I mean, and I've always been a fan of him dating all the way back to Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. So, um, Oh, yeah. Yep, Otis, yeah. 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 So I've I've followed his career um big time. Um I I I'm kind of bummed because I feel like this was probably supposed to be Stuart Gordon's big break into the mainstream. Um this movie was originally supposed to star Arnold Schwarzenegger and you're talking at the top wow. of Arnold Schwarzenegger. So you know this was a movie that was going to be a big a big action sci-fi film in theaters. It had to have been if if it came close to having Arnold Schwarzenegger in it during this time frame. Um, and I think like Arnold was obligated to do a different film or something like that. Um, 
and that's why he didn't end up doing it. And so it's kind of a bummer. Junior? What's that? <laughs> junior? <laughs> junior? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Um, so it's kind of a bummer that Stewart kind of lost his chance at the big leagues, I think. You know, his, his next closest call to the big leagues was, you know, being a um, one of the story writers for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids franchise. But That's right. Um but still, you know, that's almost feels just like, hey, we have this idea, and then they give him a credit for it, you know. Um, but I thought I'd read somewhere too that Stuart Gordon at one time was was optioned to direct on Asher the Kids. I don't know if that, I can't remember if that's true or not. But yeah, so, I think he, yeah, he was. Oh, okay, cool. So it kind of sucks. Like you know, we we talk all the time about the trajectory of like John Carpenter's career on how like. Movies like The Thing ruined his career for a while, and this, that, and the other thing, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, John Carpenter still had, you know, a, a lot of his, most of his filmography in mainstream theaters, right? And Stuart Gordon never really got that big of a break, so it's kind of a bummer. Mm. Um... Does everyone get a chance to voice their thoughts on Fortress? Tad, did you? Yeah, I. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think I said all I need to say about it. I I didn't hate it, just didn't love it either. Sure. Better than I thought, but low expectations. I know, I, I know there's a sequel. Yeah, I never did see the sequel. No, thank you. Nope. <laughs> I'm just saying I have a Blu-ray for sale. Anybody <laughs> who wants to get a hold of me. I think what half of it was is like for humanoids, uh, Tina, I don't know if you know this, but she's a really good riffer. So like, oh man, she was just on her game watching humanoids. So it was really fun. And then when it came time to this movie, I'm like, this is, I need you most now. (laughs) And I don't know if she was asleep or was doing laundry or something, but I didn't have her in full game mode. And I I think it would have really helped. But why did you buy this on Blu-ray? Fuck, I don't know. I think this one. I didn't one's even know a, you could get it on Blu-ray. Sure can. Man, it looked good. You know where you could buy one? Yeah, I know where you can, guys can buy one. One. No, I'm I, waiting for the four. I'm waiting for the four K. <laughs> oh, you just keep waiting. The, the Shout Factory Special Edition <laughs> produced sorry. by Justin Beam. Don't sure. don't put it past them. Don't put it past them. Oh good. Interview with super va- super fan Jason Bollinger. <laughs> well, I would be on the. I would. No. In a heartbeat. Yeah. No. I'm not a fan. Oh, bummer. Okay. Well, <laughs> then we can move on. Um, Tad, what's our next movie? Well, this one is um, one I've had for quite a while. It's actually a DVD, not a Blu ray. And I think I picked it up in one of the, either like a Walmart bargain bin or a, like a, I don't know, uh, maybe a Big Lots for a couple bucks, something. But this one is another one I was not sure if it would be horror enough for the podcast. Nope. Turns out not quite, but <laughs> I still think it's probably, I don't know, judging from your comments, I, I don't think you agree. <laughs> but I would say just from the tone and the feel of it, it, it definitely felt more um, horror adjacent than the last movie, to than Fortress for me. Yeah. But this movie is... Uh, Directed by the Martin Scorsese, 1999, called Bringing Out the Dead, starring Nick Cage. 
Um, written by Paul Schrader, of course. Has a fantastic cast. Six Too Young. Six Too Young is here, baby. <laughs> and I'm going to take care of you. Thursday started out with a bang. <laughs> Heat, humidity, moonlight. All the elements in place for a long weekend. I was good at my job. There were periods when my hands moved with the speed and skill beyond me. How long have you been doing this? Five years. Wow, you must have seen some things, huh? But in the last year, I'd started to lose that control. I've been seeing the ghosts. You ever notice people who see things are always crazy? Mm-hmm. I just needed a few slow nights followed by a couple of days off. There's a double shooting, 41st and 8th. What happened to chest pain, difficulty breathing, fractured hands? Don't even slow down, just keep on moving. Nobody loves me, Chris. You have the power, Jesus, to spare this worthless man. Rise up! And you guys are good. I'm on my way out. Anytime now. Nobody gets fired, son. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> you swore that you'd fire me if I came in late again. You swore. You swore. I'll fire you tomorrow. Old man's a bus driver. Mom a nurse. Sort of born to it, I guess. Rule number one. Don't get involved with patients' daughters. You understand? Our mission to save lives. Off. Help others and you help yourself. That was my motto. I understood how crazy it was to think this way. Then something good will happen. Everything just glows. Here's to the greatest job in the world. Frank! Are you okay? Never felt better in my life. How are you? I'm good. Good. Story, I'm going to just read the tag or the uh, synopsis. Haunted by the patients he failed to save, an extremely burned out Manhattan ambulance paramedic fights to maintain his sanity over three fraught and turbulent nights. Now, this one, like I said, stars Nicolas Cage as that ambulance driver. Um, has Patricia Arquette as sort of the love interest, has John Goodman as one of the other paramedics that rides with him, his his normal partner. Um, Ving Rhames is sort of a part-time uh, partner that he gets paired up with. And it also has, stars um, Billy D. Williams' hairstyle on Ving Rhames in this movie. Yes, <laughs> looks like, yeah, it looks like a wig on him. Um, yeah. Got Tom Sizemore as another one. Got Mark Anthony in this. Uh this is just so weird to me. I remember finding the DVD, and this was like, what the hell, Scorsese directed this? I had no idea when it came out. Um, I saw the cover and the poster is just gorgeous. I love the, the poster art for this. Yeah, it is a cool poster. And that's probably why I picked it up, but it's been on my shelf forever. And when this came about the last time we did the first unwrapping episode, this was in contention, and something else went out, and... I finally am like, I just need to watch this one, whether it's horror or not. And um, basically, like like I said earlier, Nick Cage plays... This might be... I don't know. I, I wasn't sure what year this came out until I after I watched it. 
check the date, and uh, it's newer than I thought it was, but it definitely feels like maybe this is sort of the beginning of what we have now for Nick Cage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I I looked at it and I'm like, Scorsese, Nick Cage. This might be like in the time period when Nick Cage was considered like a real legit good actor, and he still he's fantastic in it. I think delivers a great performance, but he definitely has those moments that we uh, know and love him for in this movie, but it also fits the character. So it's not Mm. Nick Cage just being crazy to be crazy. It's this guy who's completely burnt out. Um, He's actually trying to get fired, but they simply won't do it. Um, He's losing his mind. He's haunted by a young girl that he could not save. So he sees her face on all these other, um, victims and uh, patients that he sees on the streets. Um, and there's some really gripping stuff in this one. And, like they're they're driving around New York, of course, because of Scorsese. So it's sort of a mix of taxi driver, but ambulance driver. It could have just been called ambulance driver. Yeah. And I I just love all the performances in this. I love the how manic it is. I love the chaos in the emergency room when they bring in uh, people into the emergency room and how bad it gets. And we sort of learn about some of the regulars that are there that have drug problems or have mental illnesses. Uh, So we're introduced to several of these characters. I thought it was fantastic. I really like this one. Of course, it's... I don't know if I've ever seen a Scorsese movie I didn't uh, like. Uh, But man, I, I... I don't know. This probably is not near, not even near the top of my favorite Scorsese movies, but yeah. I, th- I thought it was pretty damn good. What do you guys think? I think when Tom Sizemore is asking you if you were okay and you're <laughs> acting crazy, you are pretty fucking crazy. Um, I, I, I was, I. I I'm kind of on the same wavelength as as Tad. I thought it was, I thought it was a really good movie. It's 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 not uh, in my favorites of uh, Scorsese movies, but it's I like to um I like it when directors you know they kind of tend to step out of their uh, comfort zone like. Uh, it doesn't have to be about, you know, the mafia. It doesn't have to be about, uh, you know, just, you know, crime all the time with, uh, Scorsese when he can do something like this, when it's about helping people as opposed to like, you know, seeing people just hurt each other all the time or, um, it's, it kind of, it almost echoes, uh, it's a grittier way, uh, it's almost like a grittier version of After Hours. Did you ever, guys ever see that? I love uh, After Hours. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, of course, is, is, is a comedy, and, um, but, I mean, it's, this is basically more of, like, uh, the grim reality of street life. Uh, that, that that an ambulance driver would see, you know, and all this is most most of this stuff is happening, you know, after hours, I guess. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it was, it's refreshing to see, you know, Scorsese do something that's, that's a little different, you know, uh, as opposed to like, you know, either crime or just, you know, really rich people's decadent lifestyle. But it definitely, it's like, it's, it's, um, different, but familiar to him because it's just the gritty streets of New York, you know, taxi driver, but, uh, yeah, I, it doesn't have uh, De Niro anywhere in it, which, whoa, man, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, has yeah. no Joe Pesci. Uh, so New York is sort of the, the character that he's reusing here, you know, the, the yeah. grimy streets in New York. And I, I didn't mention it, but the, the, si- the story of how he meets Mary, who's Patricia Arquette, um, he actually goes and saves her dad, who's had a heart attack and sort of just speaking with her through that um he's sort of having an internal crisis over this because he knows that her dad is basically he's dead but they keep reviving him just to keep him alive and uh it's i mean that to me is a little sometimes the horrors of real life are more scary than you know supernatural or anything and that's to me at least and maybe i'm just uh, saying this to make myself feel better that it's we're on a horror podcast talking about it but i mean it has some supernatural elements to it and like i said the horrors of real life like uh their friend what was his name uh noel no what was it uh whoever the uh the crazy lunatic yeah yeah no yeah yeah mark anthony yeah which is absolutely what like you almost unrecognizable in that role but uh you know that whole sideline that story with him is is deeply sad and but also horrific too so has anyone else seen this before i had not no i I, I knew of it but uh yeah i it was it was the one uh i wasn't purposely avoiding it but um um i had not seen this is the one's Probably the one Scorsese movie I had not seen except for uh, Last Temptation of Christ, but that's on the to-do list as well. So, well, it's, we're hitting Easter here pretty soon, so there you go. <laughs> you or me? You? you, me? Yeah. Oh man. Well, I had seen it before. Um, a huge Scorsese fan. I love um, all, uh, the cast <clears throat> is incredible. Um. Yeah, Nick Cage is great. It's he's either super subdued or he's not had enough sleep and goes kind of crazy. Um, but he's good in it, and I, I love everybody: Goodman and Arquette, and everybody's awesome. I love the writer. I mean, Taxi Driver is probably my favorite Scorsese film. But I like a lot of Paul Schrader stuff. I get. Uh, I guess to me, it doesn't add up to good. Like so, I, I think all like a lot of the scenes are great. You know, all the pieces are great. Um, you know, a lot of the scenes and set piece. I, I just don't know that it adds up to good for me. So I find. Do you think it's because you have such high expectations out of everybody involved? Like, if 
Do you no. feel like if this was your first course, if you knew nothing about Scorsese going into this, would you think it was better? No, I don't. It's not the Scorsese stuff that does anything wrong, I guess, to me. I mean, yeah, I like the gritty New York. I like the color. The style is neat. But I just don't know that I... How in, in, it's either it's either I'm so dumb that it like <laughs> I don't get it. Well, I mean like I or I or, or I don't know. Uh, I or I don't know that I'm invested all the way because they're not great people. Um. I don't know how to say it right. Again, like uh, all the individuals, you know, this yeah, I think all the scenes with Mark Anthony are awesome. I think he did an amazing job. I John Goodman's accent and he's a he's so fun and and he was probably my favorite part of this movie. Oh yeah. And Ving Rams was great and Tom Sizemore was awesome and and I and I uh was Cliff Curtis, I like him a lot too. I like everybody, and I like the. So it had all the right ingredients, but you didn't like the. Uh, I like just the dish at the end. I just didn't like the dish. Yeah, I like a lot of the ingredients in, individually. It had all the right makings. I just it just didn't add up to me, and I don't. It's hard to. I've been trying to think about it. I mean, trying to think of how to say it all weekend, but I don't. Because it's all there. I mean, it has plenty of amazing ingredients. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it. I don't know if it's just the the storytelling. Uh, I don't know if it's the. I don't un, I don't understand what's actually going on with him, and the ghosts and things, or if that kind of story is interesting to me at all. Do do ambulance drivers just drive around like taxi cabs and wait for a call, or do they go back to the? See, I don't even. I'm like this I seems think it weird. Depends. <laughs> I think it sort of depends on the the city, I imagine, and the time period. Like in yeah. a small town, yeah, the ambulance drivers. There's a time when they're probably sitting at a station just waiting, but I imagine in a big city that they're always in need, so they probably don't bother going back. I don't know, man. It just didn't do it for me. I don't. It's like I didn't not. I don't not like it. I just. I just don't know what it is. It just didn't do it. This is the Jason takes a dump on everything. Episode. God, I think so. No, I don't. I don't think you've been dumping on anything. He just uh, this one is especially gentle on. I just surprised that the guy who loves everything didn't like a Scorsese movie. That's yeah. what's weird. I'm. It's like I'm supposed to. You know, and it's just not there. Said so this is and that's this, okay. That's good. I feel good like you're close or even farther away from like hmm. me, um, Mike. But well, I just want to ask you though. You said that you've seen this before. Yeah. I mean, is the feeling the same? It's exactly the same. Okay. Huh. I I don't know if it's just. I don't think it's boredom. I don't think it's boring. Because it's not slow burn things. I just don't. I don't know. It's not slow burn, but it is a lot of the same thing over and over and over and over again. There's just certain points of the movie I'm like, 
I'm not giving anything. I'm not given anything new here. Okay, I guess it's my turn. Or were you done? I uh, yeah, because I'm just rambling about nothing. Okay, I don't I'm, know. I'm gonna try really hard to be nice. I'm gonna try really hard to be nice. Um, I'll get one joke out of the way, and then I'll. I'll so I used to be a Scorsese fan. Now that I've got that out uh, of the way, what? Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, because I feel like. I don't hate this movie. But I'm probably not going to have a ton of nice things to say. But I think, you know, sir, if, I feel like the older I get, the more circumstances affect my enjoyment of things. And, you know, like, this is a movie I've always just kind of like, like, not watched on purpose. And now watching it for the podcast. And also knowing it's like, this isn't really a horror movie, you know? I don't know. Um, but it, what it is, it's, and when I, because I'm, I'm kind of the same thing with you, Jason, that like, I'm just not invested in any of this. And I think it's because like, when it comes to hyper-reality movies, it's really, um, it's really, uh, um, it's really hit or miss with me. And this is a movie that's super, in my opinion, super hyper-reality. You can't tell me, you can't, you know, I, I, yes, I don't live in New York. I don't know what the ER units are like in, in, in New York hospitals, especially maybe bad parts of New York or whatever in the 90s. Um, you know, I can't imagine it would be that bad all the time. But, more importantly, like, you can't tell me that you can flip an ambulance in the middle of the street and walk away from it and there's no repercussions or no mentioning of it ever again. Well, that's where I don't, I mean, like... Where it just feels like like these series of events happen and it's beyond our normal reality. Like, because this is in a hyperactive reality that is probably 95% in Nicolas Cage's brain, that, uh, that... It, you know the the over violence of it and the over exaggerated of things is is excused in this world. Yeah, I guess I can't say? remember how you were how you said it already, but like I don't see it as a super based in reality. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's totally a stylized version, and that is cool and fine. I just don't. It just, just depends. Yeah, this one doesn't do it for me. You know, yes, because like I said, it's hit or miss with me as well when it comes to movies that are in an exaggerated reality like this. You know, give me a movie like Repo Man, I love it. You know, give me Natural Born Killers, I you know I hate it. You know, but uh, um, and and a lot of it has to do with like I can't get invested if I don't have anything to cling on to, and I don't have anything comparatively to cling on to in this movie and i feel like it is rather repetitive i mean to me john goodman is my favorite part of the whole movie because mo honestly most of the other characters in this movie annoyed me like um like ving rames i love ving rames but when he's going on about when he is is refusing to do his job with the punk rocker that od'd until they like listen to him give his sermon or whatever i'm i'm like oh no uh-uh he so his him and his like god sermon stuff 
through all his scenes, just graded on me big time. Um, I don't think Tom Sizemore realized he was in a movie. That's possible. I think that's just Tom Sizemore. Um, <laughs> I mean, so so him him beating the shit out of the ambulance was just like him on set, and they just decided to to let Nicolas Cage walk by. <laughs> exactly. Or when he's. Uh, you know, beating on Mark Anthony, I think that was real because I did see in the IMDb trivia that they almost got in a real fight on set. Yeah, like <laughs> legit. Yeah, I read that too. But yeah, I'm sorry. This is just, you know, and I like, I, I, and sometimes I think maybe like people get the wrong impression of me on this show. I liked, I like stylized stuff. I really do. Like, I don't expect a camera just to be static and you deliver realistic dialogue in front of me and then call that a movie. Like I like, you know, flashy editing and, and fun camera angles and stuff. But like a lot of it in this movie felt out of place at times. And, and it just, uh, man, it just did not. And I'm a, and I, and I'm a Scorsese fan as well. I really, really am. Um, you know, you mentioned after hours, that's actually one of my favorites, uh, Scorsese films. Um, which is weird because you can probably make a lot of parallels between between these two movies, um, but uh, yeah, but this one, yeah, just this one, just not so much. Like, I'm we're trying to think of more movies to compare it to as far as this hyper reality goes um, that I'm talking about. Like, I'm just blanking right now. Actually, all day I've been trying to think of of movies to compare it to because I know there's a lot of movies out there. That like you know shit happens in this movie that would not happen in reality. Um, you know, it was cool that Martin Scorsese was the voice of the yeah. of the dispatch guy. Yeah. But right away, that's when I really felt like the tone of the movie for me is during his dispatch stuff because it's like you know I don't even I wouldn't even think in New York that the dispatch would talk to their ambulance drivers like that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm probably wrong, but. It seems way out of reality for me, but it was still cool uh, hearing him. Because instantly I'm like, "That's that's Scorsese. That's, that's Scorsese doing it. It's awesome, and it's kind of funny. You know, it's kind of some funny moments. You know, but yeah, sorry, not for me. So bummer. All right. Well, the last movie we're going to talk about, the one I unwrapped for this episode is from 2011 and that is called the thing you're like wait what the thing i thought that was in the 80s no this is the new one the newer one from 2011 the new one after the 80s thing but takes place before the 80s thing does your brain hurt yet 48 hours ago we found something quite remarkable what'd they find there's a structure in antarctica and a specimen. Really? Touching down. This is Kate Lloyd's Columbia Paleontology. Let me show you why you flew 10,000 miles. We estimate it's been here 100,000 years. Well, I'm going to take a tissue sample. Do you really think that's a good idea? Yes, I do. You, my friends, will all be immortalized as the people who made this discovery. Did you 
was attacked. But it seems everyone is fine. Either someone miraculously healed themselves, or someone is not who they say they are. What was it doing to him? It's imitating his cells. I think this thing copies its prey and then hides inside it. What are you saying? Not all of us are human. Could be any of us. We can't let this thing leave. If it makes it out of here, millions of people could die. So what it is about, well, much like uh, the 80s thing, um, a group of researchers in the in Antarctica discover not an alien alien aircraft, the alien aircraft that unleashes the thing across the frozen tundra. So. I joke and I jest, but I had a lot of fun with this movie. It was it was a good movie. Is it like a cinematic masterpiece like John Carpenter's movie? No. But it's not fair to compare it to John Carpenter's movie. My stretch of the imagination. Is it a fun it's alien... It's not fair to compare any movie to another movie. No. So, uh, is it a fun um, alien, alien in the snow, don't know who to trust type of... You know, fun, you know, sci-fi horror romp? Absolutely it is. Well, I, what I was kind of, if, you know, if I was to make comparisons to the original, um, uh, I, I, it, it's, it's as if this movie shows all of the scenes that John Carpenter didn't show us, of, like, of the creature turning into other people. <laughs> like, a lot of times it was just so happened that that was the alien in John Carpenter's movie. You didn't see the transformation, but this has a lot of transformation stuff going on in it. I don't know if you guys remember, but like when this movie first started happening, they actually uh, promoted it as a prequel, which it is. Yeah, it takes place. It but literally like, takes then place they before. Completely stopped saying that, and it doesn't say that anywhere yeah. on any of the stuff anywhere. Do you think it has Which to do with bummer? Do you think that has to do with the ending, the ending, 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 like the credit thing, the credit sequence? Because well, it feels like the lead into the John. Yeah, Carver, I mean, it feels like that's supposed to be a big reveal. Did it, did it not feel that way to you? Like, like I knew it was coming because well, we all I, knew this was a prequel, right? But it almost felt like here's the big surprise. I didn't. This see it. leads into the other one. I didn't see it as a surprise. Rise, I saw it as, hey, they like literally cool did it. I'm glad they did. They literally explained right. and ran it right up to the minute of the original. Of chasing down I mean, that I could dog see where you could say it was like a surprise, but I guess I just saw it more as a like, yeah, like a nod. Like, they, oh, they literally went there 
and tied it together, thankfully. Because it is, all of it is a tie together. All of yeah. it is clearly a prequel. They just stopped promoting it that way. I don't, I'm, I was always bummed about that when it came out. The, the thing that I found interesting, the way yeah, they the said, the way they, the way they, uh, const- they constructed this film is towards the end, uh, Joel Edgerton's uh, character said, there's a Russian base about 50 miles from here. So, theoretically, um, Keith David or Kurt Russell's character, if one of those guys was infected, they in turn, they in turn could invade the Russian base that does present the possibility of a third film. You heard it here first. Let's make it. Mm, if these box office totals are correct, though, <laughs> it's probably never going to happen. And that's what bums me <laughs> out about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I listened to, I watched it with audio oh. commentary for a good portion of it, and then I sort of wanted to just get dive back into the movie because it got a little boring. But... um the direct it had the director and a producer and it's very 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 clear they absolutely are loving fans of John Carpenter's film and very clearly wanted to make this a prequel and wanted that to be very clear and it's sort of sad listening to the commentary because it was recorded after it was made but before it was released oh no so you don't like, and I guess that's good optimism because they don't know that it's about to flop and you know not do so great at the box office. But uh, hearing them just like gush over Carpenters and how much uh, attention to detail went into replicating certain parts and little tiny things and uh, the details of uh, what this at the time period what they'd be using and making sure that. Um, that they didn't screw up and put like a, a cell phone or a, a, a tool that yeah. did not exist then and stuff. And it made no. me really appreciate that. But uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the YouTube videos of the original like practical effects they were planning on using in this. And I'm sure it's on the special features of the Blu-ray, but definitely watch the featurettes and stuff because uh, it's, it's a bummer, but this, the practical effects they were going to do on this would have been so fucking cool. See, and that was one of the, probably the biggest bummer I had of this movie, and I didn't want to get on the old CGI soapbox. Yep. Yep. But at the same time, I feel like it's a little warranted because they did it. They did it practically. And I can't sit here and say I, it was better because I didn't see it. But if you're, telling, if you're saying, Tad, it still looked really cool, then, like, it's a, then it is a huge bummer. That they made that weirdo last minute decision. Because it's not like a lot of times, well, first of all, anytime your last minute decision is to do CGI, You're then the CGI is not going to work. You're in trouble. You know, the yep. CGI has to, what CGI works is when it's planned from the beginning. Um, but beyond that, like, to, and a lot of times also CGI is used for budgetary reasons. So it boggles the mind to know that they already did the practical shit and then just replaced it with CGI. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. I mean, some of that stuff still looks pretty cool of like arms dangling no, I mean, <laughs> outside of orifices. What and stuff. is there? Fucking cool. Yeah. It's fucking cool. But the, at the end of the day, the fu- the second you see CGI, the first you're just like, well, fuck, damn it. Yeah. This is clearly 
that's where the movie blows it for me. I, I, not not to be super practical guy. No, and it's cool to hear you say this because but and, you, and you've what, never been the like. And what? No, I'm. I love CGI. I have no problem with CGI. I support it. And and what is there is cool. But, but you can tell. But the second I saw it, I'm just like, you blew it, movie. Yeah. And that, does that have to do with the original? That the fact that the original movie is a pioneer in practical uh, practical effects, and to this day you still sit there as like, how the fuck did they do that? Well, sure, but. No, I mean, I think it's just your basic anti-CGI reasons. Really? From you? Well, yeah. Well, it doesn't look like it's in the room. You know, okay. it's just, it's not that it's poorly done. It's just, it just didn't, I don't know what it is. You just knew. You just knew. Yeah. As soon as you saw it. Yeah. But I like this movie a lot, too. It's great to come back and be in this world again. It's yeah. fucking awesome to it have is, more of the thing. It is cool. I, you know, I, I would have gone my whole life with it being fine that it never happened. Sure, but you know, but it's still cool to come back to this world. And my problem, you know, my fear, my problem a lot of times with with franchises, especially when you go backwards. I hate always. I said it a million times. I hate going backwards in a story. Um. This one, this one tiptoes around everything I know that happens enough that I can still be invested in the story. It's not like I'm saying there's like, I know you're all going to die because you're not in the sequel. You know, you, oh. you're in the original. You know, shit like that. But when you cannot, but what, what drives me nuts with even a sequel or anything in a franchise that doesn't add anything new bugs me. And they added something new to this that I really liked. Because I don't think they ever addressed it in the original how, like, the thing cannot replicate inorganic material. That part was great. And that was cool with the fault with the uh, yeah. fillings and um, and whatever that thing was, that the, the, brace. The, the brace and the guy that was digested. So I thought that was a cool addition to the whole mythology of this creature. Absolutely. That fits really, that fits perfectly. <clears throat> but at the same time, I just... Also, it felt. I, don't, I hate this to be negative, even though I'm on a roll right now with these movies. <laughs> but uh, it, the damn movie just kept going to the same beats. Yeah, you know, like yeah. why do you have to do the? Or, or just like, I mean, there were always the little nods which were cool. You know, hey, I saw a petri dish. But like, why does it all? Just like you're. Con- the way they came to conclusions was like too easy, and they, sort of um, and they very had, like the new Star Wars movies. Like they're it's just kind of the same thing you're again. Telling the same story. You're kind of telling the same story, mm-hmm. and I mean it, it. I'm not saying the same story wouldn't happen in this because that's what this story is with this kind of alien. But it came down to blood tests again, and it was just like... Yeah, but the blood test didn't happen, though. I know, but it was, there were just so many of the same beats. Again, I like what they Which added. Which I thought was, was interesting. Thing. They're like going to all this elaborate thing of blood testing, and, and, I'm, and all I could think of is like, put the blood in a Petri dish and put a torch in it. You know? right. <laughs> like, come on. Uh-huh. Did Kurt Russell teach us nothing? I, just, I felt like they 
Yeah, they they came to conclusions a lot faster than well than they yeah. did in the other one. But and I'm assuming flamethrowers uh, are standard Antarctic base. Right? <laughs> like, why a fucking flamethrower again? Why do you have to hit all the same goddamn beats again? I mean, I love I really like this movie. Again, was, you know, it, I'll, I'll take it. It could easily be over. Dang, it, it could be easily overanalyzed by us. Uh, by us film fanatics know, and like end up hating it but if you just shut the brain off I don't, yeah i can't it, hate it's this it's one. a fun romp yeah. it's great yeah i yeah this this mary elizabeth winstead she's awesome i didn't realize she's been in so many of these movies i didn't know that it was her the first time i seen it and did you also good. feel maybe there was like too many characters in this because i felt a little uh, lost at, when when it when it got to that point in the story where like no one can trust anyone <laughs> And I'm kind of forgetting who's who at this point. That's like, what I'm. Yeah, like they they got to that point so much sooner that we didn't have time. I, I bet there was more characters in the John Carpenter's. You think? It's just by the time we got to that, we they were defined. But you know, we knew them better this time. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't I know, know I like Eric Christian Olsen a lot. He's great. A little blonde dude. He's yeah. in that cheerleader yeah. movie that we really like. <laughs> yeah. I never thought that, I'd say that. Fired up. God damn, yeah. that movie's awesome. Let's he was watch. also, Lo- wasn't he Lloyd in Dumb and Dumber? Oh, yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. I remember him from Beer Fest. That's, that's my movie of choice for him. Joel, Joel Edgerton's awesome. Even in It Came at Night and this movie. <laughs> but anyway, I'm sorry to vote. What'd you guys think, you kids? I saw it in theater opening night. I was stoked for it. I really enjoyed it then, but I haven't. I don't. I think I've watched it maybe once since. I watched it right when it came out on Blu-ray, and then I haven't seen it since. Um, still holds up for me, but I feel like the CGI is worse than I remembered. Um, mm. Like I don't know if it's because I'm watching on a 4K <coughs> TV now, and Ooh, yeah, probably yeah. But it yeah. just some like especially the scene where they're in the helicopter and the guy turns that one really threw me off because I remember yep. the, seeing it and uh, seeing it in the theater and thinking like I was I was pretty impressed and yep. then there was a big uproar amongst the horror fanatics that they had replaced the practical effects with CG and uh, I sent you guys the link to the YouTube video I'm sort of watching now and it's just amazing that. They, I think that'll break like, my heart. I don't know if I can watch it. It's yeah. just like, what the fuck were they thinking? Like, I'm looking at these, these, you know, the scenes that they filmed with practical effects, and they look gorgeous, and it's so cool. Like, who, who watched this? And they, they paid the money, they built it, and they did it. Why cover it? I just don't understand what the hell. I mean, maybe I should watch it one more time with the commentary to see what happened and why. But I know the directors were very against it. We um, need a name. We the, need the to blame some person. Some, I was going to say, if they're romanticizing Carpenter, shouldn't they stay with the practical effect? Yeah. And I'm, they wanted to. Sure I didn't think wanted. it was yeah. a studio decision. It's some studio fathead who has no concept of anything sits in his little his little desk with no actual human interaction other than <laughs> snorting his cocaine. Like, we should use CGI because that's what everybody uses. I don't know, man. You know, I, I, I mean, it's definitely an unnecessary movie. Um, yeah. And I do feel like the studio maybe played a part in also making it 
Like, I, I imagine from just hearing the director and the producer that they both, like I said, were, were huge fans and in love with the original. I feel like they probably had originally made this its own, very own movie, and the studio came along and was like, let's do a remake, and they sort of probably compromised by doing this sort of... It's sort of a prequel remake, reboot, because, like you said, it follows every, a lot of the same beats, um, if you had never seen the original, you would not even get the ending. They sort of throw it in the credits. Yeah. Um, so it stands alone on its own. There's probably people who've seen it had no idea there's another movie, and it has the same damn title. So to me, it's yeah, it's I, sort of like maybe like I don't know, like uh, I don't, yeah. It's just I I do wish I would like we had a full on prequel and had the practical effects and i don't know just yeah. <clears throat> it's just i figured you would be proud of me jason I, like i tried really hard going into this movie with the most open of mind because i knew because i would be that <sighs> way i'm like you know oh practical you know it's a prequel it's full <coughs> of cgi it's a lot of things against it's it. a lot of things that i don't like you know, so I just I shut the brain off, I shut off my my film snobbery and just sat back and just watched, you know, <clears throat> you know, monsters with flanges flapping around. You love them flanges for an hour and a half. This uh, this movie um, for me, it it kind of tended to it tended me to pose more questions especially the ending and it's not you know with you know spoiler alert uh joel edrick and you know getting torched um that that last scene where she's looking through the window and you know i think she's out there and i think she freezes to death because uh, it's not like a big bunch of dread on her face but i don't think that in my the way that I'm reading the scene, because she's not saying anything, she's like, you know, she's bummed out, she's alone, but I don't think she's got enough gas left in that. Uh, then again, where's she gonna go? The the uh, the base is torched. I think she just knows she's gonna eventually be out there and freeze to death because I don't think she's got enough gas to get back to that Russian base in that in that other snowcat that she's in. At least that's the way I read it. I don't know if anybody else did. Um, yeah. Um, uh, I, li- I like the movie. Um, <laughs> I, 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 for one would have liked practical effects too. Um, it's been a couple of years. That's been more than a few years since I've seen this. I think I bought the DVD when it came out and I don't think I've, I, this is like the first time I've watched it since. Mm. Um, I will, I will say this. The scariest part for me is the beginning. Is when they when they wreck that snow cat and they they, they like go down awesome yeah and they and they and they get wedged <clears throat> down in there and I just imagining being in that situation just it's it's poopy pants time yeah. for me I I would freak <laughs> the fuck out yeah the director I, I, on the commentary said that they had to fight for that scene because the studio was like. Oh, you're gonna. Oh, they they were just like, you're gonna open it with subtitles. What are you thinking? That's a horrible idea. Oh God, this world would be a better place without studio executives. 
Yeah. They signed the checks, so so who put it out? I don't know. Oh. Um, oh, and I, am I alone in this too? That like I the the part of the movie I hated the most is when they were on the spaceship. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Oh, with the like with like the uh, the levers or like the shades getting pulled, you know, or, or whatever. Like just, when they're just all of it, just all of it inside the spaceship. It's so high techy that you're telling me that this alien creature cannot is a higher intelligent life form. So you're telling me that you can't reason with it, you can't try to communicate with it, like. To me, what makes the thing scary is that it's just a mindless, a mindless creature that just is trying to survive, and you know, trying to survive means killing you in the process. The fact that it's just like comes from the spaceship that has technology well beyond our comprehension tells me that this is an intelligent being that could be re- reasoned with. But and and then and then the thing they is they don't go together. Was that the monster? It just does Yeah, the monster and that spaceship just doesn't go together. You're, yep. Yeah. It also looks like it runs on eight bit on eight bit pixels. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I I don't know. I don't know. The exact wanted that in there. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. They also talked a little bit about that and said that I, I don't remember now which side the director was on, but the they they had a. Uh, sort of heated discussion going back and forth on whether they could go. I think the studio wanted was the one that wanted them to go on the ship. They didn't want to. The directors didn't want to. So everything you hate is because of studios. I believe it. <sighs> That's, isn't that with most movies? That is most movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and when are they gonna, when are the studios going to ever realize that? Why censor the creative output of a person? Yep. Well, because you're borrowing their money. So... But to be create, but they're being hired for their creation. Exactly. So it's just fucked. Exactly. I don't just even want to get into it. It's just going to stress me out and make me mad. <laughs> it really is. So for me, just, if you want to hear this kind of conversation, go to the movie crib. Oh yeah, today's episode <laughs> for this week's. Oh fuck. Yeah. So at the end of the day, for me, despite it's what I wished was different. Man, it was fucking awesome to be back in the world of this movie because yeah. the John Carpenter's is one of my top five all time. It's one. It's a. It's a perfect movie. It's one of the greatest movies ever made. Yes, a fact. Yes, uh, undisputable. Yep. And try it, people. So to get a chance to come back in this world, it, it was. It's worth putting up with all those poor exec decisions, but <laughs> there's a lot to like about it too. So yeah. That's my take, I guess. I also thought that scene when she sees the blood in the shower, and then when she comes back, the blood was gone, and she's like, somebody cleaned the shower. And I thought, oh, no, I just assumed the blood got up and walked away, because I thought it was thing blood, because that's what it would do. And it's like they never have that realization until that moment when he chops at it with the axe. And she tells him to leave the axe there because it's now covered in alien thing blood, and it would totally come alive and attack him that way too. So, you know, that's the only time they ever acknowledge that, like, just even little pieces of it can like turn around and, and kill you. 
all the same beats. Why did they have to have a fucking spider guy with a head upside down? They did. Oh, but do they that had two too, upside down heads, yeah. so it's different. <laughs> no, it's the same. Why do you have to do the same goddamn thing? Oh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, this is fun. I love seeing you getting this upset about the things that usually make me upset. It's good. A couple of years, I think it's been a couple of years ago. I saw a really good uh, the thing cosplay. I, obviously, I've seen several of Kurt Russell or McCready, <laughs> and they had one. Someone did like a winter coat with a spotlight behind them to get the nice. uh, classic poster art. But That's cool. I've seen someone do the actual like creature, uh, like the alien taking over a body, and it's so cool. I have to send you guys. Uh, a picture or video because they ha- it had like actual working mandibles and stuff. It was awesome. Oh, nice! Whoa. We love mandibles. Yeah, and phalanges. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Well, cool. Well, you know, and I hear I was pretty proud of this pick. Um, yeah, because it's like this is a movie I bought a long time ago, and I've always talked myself out of watching it. Don't even know why I bought it. And now I was forced myself to watch it, so I was like, oh, I bet the guys will appreciate me picking this one. So, Yeah. Anyway, but that wraps it up. Or unwraps it up. Oh, Oh, look at that. So uh, what we're going to do now, uh, we know sense of honorable mentions, uh, um, because we'll be here all night if we're talking about movies you still have to unwrap. Well, we could go to your collection too, there, buddy. I, I know. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, it'll be segments time here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. And we're back. And it's time for everybody's favorite segment on the show. Shoutouts. It's time for... Shoutouts! 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 Okay, so we just asked, uh, what horror movies you still got in your shrink wrap on your shelf that you haven't seen before? And, um... Just had a few. I guess everyone else, the responsible movie collectors and buyers, <laughs> and watches all their shit when they buy it because they don't have a lot of responses tonight. Either that, or people like people are like people still buy. Oh yeah, physical copies. Well, you could just stream it. No, our fans are collectors. We That's know. Right. We know because they're know. cool, right? And if you listen to this show, guess what? You're cool. That's right. So we got three three shout outs tonight. Up first, we got Tom Seiler. New new one, too, so that's good. Oh, Thanks, nice. Tom, for checking this out. Hi, Tom. He says, Dr. Butcher, MD, Medical Deviant, yes! Sealed Big Box VHS. You need to watch this movie, Tom. He does. I'm telling you, Tom, this movie is awesome. But this is a sealed Big Box VHS, so maybe oh, he shouldn't open this yeah, version, right. yeah, that's a but good he should point. go find it somewhere. A big Box sealed? Like factory sealed? Yeah. 
I dude. Dude, that's wow. Dude, you, for you, Tom. Tom, you're rich. <laughs> but he won't sell it because he knows how awesome it is. <laughs> that's right. But the movie is yeah awesome. Yeah, it's better than Fortress. <laughs> anyway, okay. So sorry. It's it's my new uh, clowntergeist for now. Sorry. Oh my. No, God. it's not that bad. It's not oh, that bad. Oh God. Sorry. Sorry to bring it up. Okay. Up next, we got our pals, Nightmare Junkhead. And if you guys haven't listened to the podcast, Nightmare Junkhead, yes, should because those yeah, dudes are awesome. And they're from Kansas City, and we kind of have big crushes on them. And and about maybe once a year, we show up on their show. That's right. That's right. Or on Crypticon. Uh, they say uh, just finished up Don Dollar's Night Beast for the first time, and yep, it's definitely a Don Dollar film. Oh, this is the first time you guys had seen Night Beast? Freaking love Night Beast, man. Oh, I Speaking of VHS, I used to have the VHS copy of that on the um, Paragon video label. I wish I still... Maybe I do still have it. I don't know. But those Paragon VHSs go for a pretty penny as well in the collector's market. But Oh, love it. Great movie. You want to talk about a monster's, you know, we're talking about humanoids in the deep and now the, the monsters, you know, like, face don't move. Night Beast, yeah, that's basically a, just a rubber mask. Like a new Severin version or something like that? Didn't that get put out? I don't know if it was Severin, but somebody put out, put out somebody, a new I can't version. It was, it was either them or maybe Vinegar Syndrome? Could've I been. have it. Right, I thought you did. It's I think it's Vinegar, tw- vinegar Syndrome. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay, and lastly, uh, tonight for our shout-outs, we got... Our pal Brian Clark. Hey, buddy! Hey, BC, what's up? Oh, he says, uh, trying not to duplicate my answer from last time, because most of these are still sitting there wrapped. <laughs> we need to get him on the show so we could start unwrapping. Yeah, next episode, next Brian, episode, next time we do it. this one. Just to help. Yeah. <laughs> uh, spookies, yes. and a big, and a, and a box set of Gene Rowland's first four lesbian vampire flicks although I've seen at least one of those already but not all I also pre-ordered the Al Adamson set from Severin Ooh, yeah. and there are like 30 goddamn movies in that thing <laughs> once again I've seen some but not all I can, and I can just about guarantee it'll be a year or better before I get to all of them I mean who in the world other than Al Adamson himself has seen all 30 Al Anderson movies. Who could do that? Who could do that? Um, and, like, Spookies, that's one of your favorites, isn't it, James? No, it is not. <laughs> it is one of my least favorite. <clears throat> I haven't seen it since I was a kid, and I'm sure You it, might appreciate a little bit more now. I doubt it, but okay. I remember fucking hating it. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I'm a guy who cries awesome, and I like most things. And I, I think it's one of the first... Movies I didn't like. On a scale of one to ten, <laughs> one being Fortress, ten being Clowntergeist. <laughs> Where's oh. Spooky's fall? I don't know. It's been so long. It's built up to. It's probably just a five in the middle. But <laughs> yeah, probably. May I? May I never know have, where it falls. I guy have Spookies on VHS somewhere. Cool, man. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that you lost it's, a bet. It's actually kind of <laughs> sought after, so kind of well, is. It's gained actually quite a bit of cult status over the past five six years. You know who's not seeking after it? Me. You. All right. So 
We didn't have anybody on Instagram or Twitter, but you can also interact with with us over there. Um, <clears throat> and also, if you want to, uh, we have a voicemail. You can leave us a voicemail and let us know what movies you're talking about, thinking about unwrapping, or whatever you want to talk about. And you can call us at 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP, and that's shout-outs. And now it's time, once again, for everybody's favorite segment, Insane's Picks. Hey buddy, what's going on? It's the Saints Picks. What movie am I going to do for this episode? Hmm. I'm going to go back all the way back to the year 1974 for a little Spanish-Italian film called Let Sleeping Corpses Die, a.k.a. Don't Open the Window, a.k.a. Living Dead at, Living Dead at Manchester Morgue, a.k.a. about a hundred other titles. Anyway... Let Sleeping Corpses Die is the version I know it of because I have the, I think it's the Anchor Bay DVD of this movie. And it is an awesome little zombie film, uh, a little uh, awesome zombie Spanish film, very, very cool film. Um, so the, it's basically about this this cop, he's kind of chasing down a couple of hippies, um, that uh, they're um, suspects of like these Manson style murders in this like small little town or whatever. Um, but it turns out it wasn't the hippies. It was actually the dead returning to life and thanks to some chemical pesticides, which this movie I, so, I used to get it mixed up a lot with um, uh, grapes of grapes of death. Uh, but I, I think I've watched grapes of death enough because i've fallen in love with that movie over the past five or six years that uh i cannot finally tell the difference between the two um but it's a crazy awesome like again span uh, spanish zombie film from that time period uh you know uh, definitely a lot a lot more um fun and action-packed than say the blind dead saga um you know, it's got it's got a little bit of gore, so it definitely has that Italian feel to it as well. Uh, there was a there was there's this nurse in the movie that gets her um, chest ripped open or like boobs ripped apart and whatnot, um, and they casted <laughs> they intentionally casted a flat chested woman so they can put the prosthetic boobs over top of her uh, for the uh, for her kill scene for her death scene. Um, uh, I like the music in this movie. There's a lot of like, um, like breathing and moaning noises throughout the soundtrack, which is, which <laughs> really adds to the the creepiness of the film. Um, makes it a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. So, and you can find it um, under a lot a lot of different titles. Uh, this is a film that Edgar Wright was always a big fan of as well. And when he made his fake trailer, don't. Um, it was slightly inspired by this film, or at least from the title of Don't Open the Window. Um, but yeah, I would definitely check it out. I, I'm not sure. I should have done more research. I'm not sure if it's hit Blu-ray. Uh, I would assume it has, because uh, it's it's kind of a 70s uh, foreign classic film. But uh, I highly, highly recommend checking it out. And again, that is from 1974, Sleeping Corpses Die. So, that's it. That's the episode, gang. 
if you um, if you have movies out there that are still wrapped, unwrap them. Sit back, watch some movies that you haven't seen before. Now's a good time. Now is the great time to do that. Yes. Let them breathe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, some can say do the same for your action figure collection. Ooh. No. Yes. Yes. Tough call. <laughs> Tough call. Depends. And, it depends. Yeah, it, it depends. depends. Um, I think I've kindly finally come to a, a decision on that debate on taking action figures out of the boxes. Uh huh. And I'm back to leaving them in the boxes. Oh, because, because I have more wall space than shelf space. Yep. And you can hang action figures yep. when they're in the boxes. So yeah, suck it, Ted. <laughs> Sorry, he's got more shelf space than all of us. So. That and I am so sick and tired of every single day having to pick up my movie maniacs after they've oh, fallen over right. during the night. And the dusting. Oh, there's that shit too. But Sorry. Anyway. Oh yeah, I'm wrapping up the show. Oh yeah. <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. Uh special thanks to the attackers out there for being Patreon supporters. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. See ya. Oh no, could this be the end of? <laughs> Attack of the Killer.